The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 97 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati, LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And joining us shortly will be Chris Chung at Prime, LOL. Hey, guys, RNG1. That's my Chris impression. That's, all, that's terrible. I gotta wait for Chris to get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had to be some comment on RNG because, man, what a weekend. So uh, we've got a lot to get to. We've got an extra day of games in the LEC because of the Super Week and everything. And extra games, you know, we still have the three-game slates for LPL and uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Man, I'm really struggling tonight. I don't know. My, my thoughts are not just going together well. So <laughs> how was your guys' weekend? Uh, or last week in general, LCS, LEC, all everything, all encompassing. Two and a week for Vitality is a two and a week for me, baby. You got a good weekend, good DFS. Yeah, I see, I seen the one slate you did. You 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 binked something, did you? Yeah, I had, I had a good good two slates there in uh, in LEC. I was actually really really happy with the projections popping off because uh, there's a couple like very question. It felt like questionable spots, but it it, it ended up working out. Um, that the projections were correct in the in the long run, and that's I know John talked about it last week. John but it's had been one like last really night, didn't he? Off. Or was it last was it last night or yesterday? Yeah, I got bopped. It was last night. It was it was last I night. Looked at the projections. <laughs> I looked at the projections and it recommended top captain, but you could fit jungle captain. And I was like, oh, like when do you ever play top captain when you can play jungle captain? I was like, it's got to be safer, so I played jungle captain. And then the one guy I played heads up had the exact optimal that our thing would have spit out. And, he beat me. <laughs> and I was like, you son of a bitch. Those are hard projections. Get off. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I had really good luck last, last week with that. Um, found a lot of good spots and ended up winning a lot of head to heads. Came out really profitable on the slates. And then I lost, I lost on Sunday's LCS slate, but I don't remember why. Uh, I think, oh, cause cloud nine lost or something like that. Yeah, um, but g- gave a little bit back there, but had made way way more than I lost on the previous two days prior. Thankfully, for anybody that didn't hear, I was talking to these guys about it a minute ago. But for anybody that didn't hear, we've got a big challenge coming up too. Um, I accepted Max Steinberg's offer, the guy who runs Saber Sim, uh, his offer to play a heads up challenge through the rest of this split uh, with a pretty hefty side bet. A number of people have come in on my side of the side bet and bet against him on my side, so the bet ended up getting pretty large. Um, it's it's sizable, so we're gonna have to see if I can if I can beat him. It's it's kind of a battle of styles. Uh, he plays a specific strategy. I have a Twitter thread if you want to read about it, but uh, he has a specific strategy that he thinks is better than running standard lineups, and I think running standard lineups is better. And so we're gonna clash and see how it turns out over the course of the season. Nice, nice. I had no. I I, I don't know how I missed this. I've been like interacting like crazy on Twitter recently. I don't know how I missed this thing, or was this like back channeled? 
I didn't see. No, he posted a thing. He didn't know who I was. So he's friends with me on Twitter. Okay. And we've talked a bunch of times, but he didn't know what my screen name on DraftKings was. And he got mad that somebody named 99 Problems was joining him. He seemed mad about it. And he made a post on Twitter and was like, if you want to play me, then let's make a big side bet and play for real. And I responded and I was like, well, uh, if you want to, I'll do it. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm talking about people that have been joining me. I was like, I- I'm I'm the guy that's been joining you. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that's how it went down. That's great. <laughs> um, and I was just going to make it small and for fun, but I have to admit, I took some offense. He snap accepted playing me, and then Wilson messaged me, and he was like, would he play me? And I was like, I don't see why not. I was like, message him. And Wilson messaged him, and he's like, oh, he won't play me. And I was like, you won't play Wilson, but you'll play me? Okay. Wow. I'm, a little, I'm a little offended about that. So I, I made it a little bit larger uh, based on that. A little, a little pride came it in. It seems like there. everybody's piling in now. <laughs> That's cool. That's more fun. I, I, I'm, I mean, look, I think one of the cool things about this space, you know, for better or for worse, is you can literally put your money where your mouth is. That's it. <laughs> That's, um, you know, it's there's a certain yeah, mutual respect for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hopefully we have enough slates. There's there's like a minimum of 18 four-game slates left this year and probably more like 24 depending on how they do the playoffs. So I think 24 is a reasonable sample size. Um should be should be a good run. Cool. Cool. It's good to know. I did not I did not know that was going down until you just told me before we got we popped on. So it's good to know more about the or, the origin of how this this all came about cuz I had no idea. So um yeah, I had a hell of a week it was probably my best week of the year i think it was my best week of the year yeah it was definitely my best week of the year i had like a silly stupid week <laughs> i feel like i feel like everything i touched turned to gold last week which means i should probably be auto fade this week except for my pick of the week apparently which just still cannot hit for anything hey i got there on pick of the week i was happy yeah, one of us got there one of us we we avoided the the dreaded the triple triple whiff so we got there with something. That's good. Um, we had a listener question from uh, the. So this is a fun listener question because it started off as a meme. It's a friend of mine, friend of the show, at uh, Willis King of Game on Twitter. It's my buddy Tyler. He asked, "How do you calculate the chances of a team getting first blood?" So this arose because we were watching the LCS together. And he's like, oh, CLG, they're going to get first blood again. They got first blood, what was it, 13 times in a row or whatever it was? And he was just kind of like memeing on the question, breaking my stones about it. And I said, that's not how this works. But I saw this as an opportunity to flesh out, like, your thought process for props just in general. Like, we don't have to go super deep on it, but, like, something like first blood I know is, like, a little more volatile than some of the other stuff. But... I figured maybe you guys could go into your process and see see where we line up on things for for how you calculate this stuff. But I mean, I'll you want me to? I'll I'll just go first for how I I tend to do it. Just in time, Chris is hopping in. Awesome! So oh. the number one RNG fan himself is joining us. So we are answering a listener question, Chris, about calculating ah. the chances of a team getting first blood. That originally started off as a meme, but how we ended up actually doing it. So we're in the middle of that. I'm going to flesh out like my process for it. So a lot of the times it just depends on the number. But you can look at a team's first blood percentage over the course of a sample size of like a full season. Uh, this is part of the reason why the LCS is a little sketch. You don't get as many games to go with, so you want to wait until like you know pretty far into the season to get a feel for what's going on. You can look at teams, both teams, check their first blood rates. 
Use your eyes. Look at the game. See, is there something that they're doing that differentiates themselves from other from other people, or is this them just flipping heads a bunch of times? Because I think with First Blood in particular, most of the time, I think it's just volatility. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? Like, you don't see teams getting, like, 75-plus percent First Blood over a decent sample size unless they're doing something, you know, to, to enable that. But there are situations where, yeah, you can you can just flip heads five, six, seven, eight times in a row. Like, I mean, we're seeing this with CLG. Like, do we really think CLG is like a ninety plus percent first blood team? No, I do think that um, one of the toughest things about betting a prop like first blood is that they never really give you great odds on it. Correct. Um, if they if they were giving you like you know even like a plus 130 type of odds on it commonly then i think there's a lot of spots you could really take advantage of with teams that like we were talking about it today like hle and afrika afrika has a very high first blood yeah i think was the one we were looking at um it's like 70 it, to 30 or something along those lines yeah and i do think there are teams that play in a, in a way where they're likely to get first blood more often than other teams even if they're worse than those other teams but the problem is you just never get decent odds on it they never yeah. like i mean they never give you a good, like a really great spot to be like, oh, this is, you know, I, they're usually kind of sharp about it. I don't bet as many props as I do other things, yeah. but uh, occasionally there's a spot. I can tell you, like, because I, I look at these for every single match, and, like, the best first blood number I think I've seen all season is, like, a plus 130. That's, like, the best they give you because there's a lot of volatility in it. Like, you know, just because you have a team that's got a seventy percent rate against a thirty percent rate doesn't mean the team with seventy percent rate is going to get it all the time, and then they're just going to charge you for the difference anyway. So they're gonna they're gonna center it closer to fifty, and then like basically, unless I have like a double digit edge on that market, and the one team is particularly bad and the one team is particularly good, and it's a reasonable number, I will not at all. Just I just don't mess with first blood very often. And a lot of times when I do, it's when we get these ridiculous, like, we have, like, the, actually, I did it a couple times this week, um, where, I'm pulling up this question now, sorry, Chris, um, there were a couple times this week where we had, like, just ridiculous underdogs, like, we had, you know, minus 2,000 or more favorites a couple times this week with, you know, Fun Plus and Top Esports and a couple of these other teams, who was it this morning, um, Sooning this morning against Rogue Warriors, right? In those cases, even with those maxed out odds, it's ridiculous. You can still only get like plus 120 or something like that. So those are spots where I think it's worth a shot. But you need to make sure you're keeping up with this and you're playing it like as a volume play. Because if you're just, you know, firing shots in the dark and you miss a couple times, you're going to think, oh, this is stupid. But if you're going to commit to playing that, I think that is a, there is a way you can do it. Yeah, I think like being... If you're seeing plus 120 and the team that's plus 120 has a higher first blood percentage, I would generally bet that. Even if it was in a min minus 1800 matchup or whatever, uh, I, I would still generally take a plus 120 on first blood if there is a discrepancy in the first blood numbers leaning towards that team. Yeah. But it, it's kind of rare that you get a situation that's like that where one team's a huge favorite, but the other team is a significantly higher first blood percentage. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in general, like make sure you can tie tie it together with your eyes is the way I'd put it. Like, especially for, cause if it's a team that's like, I'll be honest with you. I don't think CLG is doing anything particularly special to land this all the time. I just think it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys saw the one that they got in top lane, like three, like on Friday, where it was literally, was it immortals? I think revenge just like got baited by the scion. 
And he was like level six. He just got baited by and he silent just ulted him and killed him under the tower. I do think with like, CLG, there's like some, there's something to it with CLG because they mm-hmm. have talented laners, but their thing that was killing them was that they had terrible teamwork and coordination. Mm-hmm. But the talented laners are capable of getting first blood. If you have good talented, like Finn is a talented top laner for the LCS for mm-hmm. sure. So he's the guy that's capable of getting a first blood by himself, even if the team kind of was sucking for a long time. All right, cool. So hopefully that that answered. Basically, look at the t- look at the 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 price you're getting on both teams. Look at the you know overall rates for the season. I look at trending rates too to see if this is like a recent thing or not. See if they've just been it's they've rattled off like nine of these in a row and see if they're doing something. Then compare it to the price, and if you have a pretty big like a substantial edge on the price, then yeah, I think it's worth firing away on. Uh, it's what's this question from? It's at vinegar based hot sauce yeah his his screen name shortens to vinegar based hoe and i, and I was like, like what, the hell, what the hell is a vinegar based hoe that's amazing <laughs> he, he showed me his hot sauce that's amazing so he asked and this oh this is a good one we could do a whole show on this actually we, we should definitely do like an off-season show on on like a big picture evergreen kind of topic on this. i think john you've already done some material on this kind of thing so he's like i got a question for the podcast uh it's been a tough Week and a half, he's down about 15%, I assume, ROI. I don't know, maybe 15% of his bankroll. It's not necessarily a downturn, but I feel like I've hit a wall. Do you just grind through these phases, or do you look to adjust your process? This is a great question. So I can only speak from from my point of view of how I handle it, but um, I, I'm, a, I'm a grind-through guy. I'll say uh, a lot of this comes from playing poker, too. In poker, you also have huge downswings that you go on that are, like, brutal, and the first, like, five years, I mean, it never fully goes away, but the first five years I was playing poker seriously, at least, like, three months a year, I was just like, I'm just never going to win again. Like, they've just passed me by. The world has passed me by. I'm obsolete. I'm just terrible now, and everyone's just going to crush me. And, like, would spend the entire month, like, depressed. Just, like, they just have figured me out. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I got passed up. And, you know, it would be terrible. But I've gotten more used to it. The more times you go through the cycle of downswinging and upswinging and downswinging and upswinging – the more times you start leveling out your opinions, because also those first five years when I went through big upswings, I was just like, I'm a god. Like, I'll, I'm going to be playing for millions like any week now because I just never lose. I have these guys nailed. Like, but the more times you go through that cycle of up and down and up and down, the less excited you get when you're on an upswing and the less depressed you get when you're on a downswing and you yeah. just sort of keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'm running hot this week and I won the 333 twice, but it's not because I'm like a super genius. I just this happened to be the week that the thing that I do was the profitable thing to do. And next week happens to be the the week that the thing that I do is not the profitable thing to do. Yeah, so you, you want to stay pretty even keeled, but that's why bankroll management is so important. Yep. Because you are going to go on huge downswings. You will. I don't care who you are. Yep. You're going to go on huge downswings. And you need to be playing at a level. So many people get wiped out by playing just a little too high sometimes. Not even like super high. They're not putting their whole bankroll on one slate, but maybe they're putting 20% of it or 10% of it on a slate. And then when they start downswinging, they won't move down, and they just lose 10 slates in a row. And I lose 10 slates in a row all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you, you – people will grind it up for six months and then lose it all in one week as soon yeah. as they really run yeah. bad. And that's that's what kills people. Happened in poker too. I knew some really talented guys that ran their bankroll up over and over again from 5000 to 30000 and then they lose 30000 in a week. And then they borrow some money, and they run it up again, and then they lose it all in one week because they just don't have the bankroll management. Most of the time, whatever stakes you're playing, you should probably be playing lower. That's pretty. That's pretty much the, the standard rule. Yeah, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I'll throw this to Josh after this. I know, like, more from a from. I mean, this kind of pertains to everything, but like, have a staking plan just in general. Like, before you go into a season, you know, every, every, we we can everyone can make DJ and jokes all they want and everything, but before you go into a season for anything, whether you're going to be sports betting the NFL, whether you're going to be playing DFS for basketball or League of Legends or whatever you're going to be doing, set aside a bank like make your bankroll. Like, write it down. It's a hard number, right? That's your bankroll. That's your, your play money. That's money that you are willing to lose for the season. Set your staking plan accordingly. Like, you got to make this last the whole time, right? I know there's all sorts of theories about staking staking plans for, for sports betting purposes. I know people talk about Kelly Criterion and all this different stuff, right? But in general... You want to have have it be a slow bleed because the fa- I mean the fact of the matter is this stuff's hard. It's not easy. We all I mean, th- does anybody think this stuff's easy? Like, if it was easy, I don't think it would be as fun, right? So, it is hard. You're playing against the rake. You need to win at a pretty good clip. So, even if you are a more recreational player, I mean, we're all pretty serious. But if you're a more recreational player, set your stakes in a way that you're not going to get wiped out from having like two bad weeks. Just in general, like, and 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 like John said, more importantly, when you start winning, don't amplify, don't scale up immediately. Make sure what you have is real, and that you're not just running hot. If it's real, then maybe you can up a little bit. But generally speaking, yeah, just just take take what it take what it is. Like, don't to, don't to go on that. If it's real, then you're don't worry about it. You're gonna go up. Like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a huge bankroll at some point. If, yeah. you're, if your win rate that you think is like crushing is real, then six months from now you're gonna have a huge bankroll, even if you play safe. So like you don't have to worry about you know I don't you don't have to scale it up immediately from playing hundred dollars to playing a thousand dollars a night just because you won one GPP one time or whatever. Yeah, and I'll say I'll say one more thing too, just because this kind of specifically pertains to league, and that's I mean other than maybe baseball. Is there anything, maybe tennis, I guess, is there anything that's like more or less five days a week for 10 months a year? I mean, really, it's like five to seven days a week. Yeah. There's like nothing quite like it. So like, you got to remember, like, I would treat this honestly more like you treat it like baseball, not like in the actual strategies, but like your bankroll management, treat it like baseball because you're going to be playing multiple slates a day a lot of the time especially on weekends. You're going to be playing multiple slates. You're going to be playing almost every day. I mean, what, 300 days a year-ish? Probably 275 to 300 days a year, there's something, right? So keep that in mind. (laughs) And if you have, you know, just keep that in mind. It's it's really, like, and you save yourself a lot of frustration if you're not... If you're not having to constantly redeposit over and over, just you know, play play the stakes that make sense for your bankroll. There's no, there's no shit. I, I always say this: ROI is ROI. That's what you should be proud of more than the actual number you're doing. Whether you're grinding, whether you're grinding the the dime contest on on DraftKings, or you're playing for ten grand a pop, right? If you've got ROI, that's something. That's something you can point to, and you can keep at it, and that's long term, and you grind your bankroll up. So, yeah, we could do a whole episode on this. Uh, Josh, do you have any comments on this? Your mic's muted. We had this issue last week. Yeah, my bad. There it is. Uh, I swapped it because like my window wasn't on my main monitor, and I didn't want to keep looking to the side. 
uh, production value. Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, I, I'd say the biggest thing for me is what John mentioned earlier, and ben, Vince touched on it as well. Um, like, if you're running hot, it doesn't mean you need to enter a bigger contest. The tough thing about DFS specifically is that uh, John can probably attest to this as well. Like, oftentimes you get slightly less competition at higher buy-ins. So then if you start consistently winning at lower buy-ins, you get a little bit more confident. And you're like, well, if I have less competition when I go up, then for sure I'm going to win it, right? And, like, I swear to God, I don't know if I've ever cashed a $33 entry in DFS. Like, I'll, I'll take down the $5, like, four slates in a row, and the fifth <laughs> slate enter to 33 and just go over two on my teams. Like, it's like like clockwork. Um, but it, it's just a good lesson. It, it reminds me every time. It's like, you don't need to just, oh, magically, hey, I'm going to enter more now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not a necessity that you do these things. So, um, always just kind of try to keep that in mind for sure. Um, in terms of the 15% downswing, like, yeah, it sucks. But... Like you said, if you're playing every single slate, um, if you're playing in a way that makes sense, like if you have an established strategy. So like for me, like I come into every slate and I know, like I try to just gauge my feelings about it. I, I look at the projections. I say, are these teams that I like that are projecting well? If they're not, if the teams I like aren't projecting well, then maybe I don't want to play very heavy on the slate. Maybe I want to just take a shot on a couple GPPs and call it quits. You know, you know what I mean? So like, you don't have to it, – it, it's an art. Like, people always want these, like, hard and fast rules, which makes it tough. Um, but it's 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 an art at the end of the day, and it's all about your own personal risk tolerance. And the, the, the main thing I would say is don't play with money you can't afford to lose. Exactly. I think that's something people, like, oftentimes forget. Um, like, you know, you should – I think, Vince, you said – That's rule number one. Plan. That's rule yeah. number one. You should come in and, and know, like, hey, you know, I, I'm willing – I'm going to deposit – up to three thousand dollars this year and if i lose that all it's i'm financially okay or i'm going to deposit thirty dollars this year and if i lose that that's okay if i start losing more than 100 then i need to stop mm-hmm. you know and it's it can be hard to do that i'm not going to pretend it's not hard to do that but having those hard boundaries for yourself is something that everyone needs to like you need to assess your own situation and, and make that call and it's especially tough when you when you see people that you know a lot of high stakes players and you're like oh I mean, the the biggest fallacy in all of DFS, I think, and John, I'm sure you've heard this multiple times, but like if a high stakes player posts a screenshot and they're like, oh yeah, I took down the $5,030 entry Thunderdome and I scored, I scored 186 points. And and then a lower stakes player is like, I scored 212 and I barely doubled up my entry. Like, oh, I should just play higher stakes. You know, that's like one of the biggest fallacies out there too. So yeah. It's 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 really tough um, to do for sure. Like, there's a lot of temptation um, in the thing. But if you ever have any questions, I think like, and if you ever want to discuss your own personal situation, I think any one of us would be willing to do that with you and kind of give our advice about you know where we've been, um, and if not, get you in touch with people who are playing similar stakes that can maybe give their advice and and, and things like that. Yeah. The only thing that I would that I would add to that is like if you're really if you're worried about this stuff, I, I like Gelati's idea of give yourself a bankroll for like a three month period. Say like I'm gonna put three hundred dollars in here and that's all I'm doing. I'm gonna play stakes that can be played with three hundred dollars. I'm not gonna move up and I'm not gonna do anything else. And then at the end of three months, get Roto Tracker or something, look at your ROI and figure out whether or not you can afford to move up stakes given the ROI that you had. If in moving up stakes doesn't mean going to a monster number. It can often mean 
just, you know, raising your stakes from playing the $1 to the $2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the thing to look at. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, there's, do yourself a, f- you can, you can Google, like, risk of ruin. I think that's a good, that's a good um, thing to look into. It's just basically, like, if you're playing a certain amount of your bankroll per slate, how many times, like, the, what is the percent chance that you run so bad that you're just out in X amount of time? And it's pretty easy to just do this. It's like, okay, like, if I lose 10 slates in a row and I'm playing, you know, 10% of my original bankroll, it's gone. If you're doing 5% of your current, whatever your bankroll is currently, that can be bad, too. There's a, there's different sliding scales you can use for all this stuff. But, like, have a plan for yourself, I think, is the big thing. So, yeah, we could do a whole show on this, staking plans and all that kind of stuff. All right. We got a lot of games to get through, fellas. We ready to rock and roll? All right, cool. Let's do it. LPL Week 8. So, playoff picture starting to shape up a little bit. I didn't write you anything. you want to try day by day? Yes. You thank you. Thank out? you. I almost forgot again. Thank you. We're going to do day by day. Um, who? Somebody Somebody recommended that on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but this is a good idea. Let's try to do this. Um, I think it was Waco, maybe. Waco Kid. Yeah, maybe Waco. So... The LPL playoff picture starting to shape up a little bit. We've got mo- it's four or five matches left for most of these teams. Uh, a couple have more. A couple have seven. Jeez. Rare Adam has seven. No, Rare Adam has four. I'm a liar. Never mind. Yeah, okay. So it's like four or five matches for everybody. It's looking to me like the current top ten is probably going to be your your, your playoff teams. Do you guys have any disagreement with that? Like, Billy Billy and Victory 5 got some real work to do, especially Victory 5, who lost this morning. They're at 5-8 and eight now. They would need basically everyone ahead of them to collapse, and they would need to do pretty well moving forward. Cause they, and they have a tough schedule, too. So, like, do we think BL... It's really just BLG and Victory 5. Do we think that they're going to they're gonna beat out LNG or Invictus or Sooning? Yeah, I talked about that in my video today. I, I think those teams are out. I think we're just gonna just we're gonna, gonna get one of one of Sunning LNG and Invictus. Oh, are they, are they on ten now? It's ten. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I think those bracket. are. I didn't even realize that they were on ten teams. Now I totally yeah. misinformed in my yeah. video earlier. Um, I think those are probably your playoff teams still. Yeah, that's but what I think that too. makes me like less. If it was top eight, I would be like a hundred percent confident that BLG and Victory Five aren't getting in there. Yeah. At top ten, they could still steal a spot, maybe. Yeah, they I got four games happen. left. If they go three and one, that puts them at eight and eight. And if like LNG and Invictus drop below five hundred, I mean that could happen. Yeah, I can I see bet, somebody stealing. Go ahead. If I bet on Invictus for every series for the rest of the year, <laughs> then there's like a really good chance that BLG gets in over Invictus. Yeah, BLG have I uh, can't even remember who it was now. I, I I was writing on this yesterday. BLG have well, they have Rogue Warriors later this week, so that's good for them. But then they have WE, FPX, and Sooning to finish the season. That's pretty brutal. Wow, that's so interesting, dude. I was the whole day I was thinking about LPL playoff stuff, and I didn't even have the information right. I'm such a fish. <laughs> I didn't even know how many teams were making the playoffs. Let's see. We've got Invict uh Victory Five has Top Esports Fun Plus Phoenix and Invictus to finish the season, so they're probably done. They would have, I mean look, if if they win two of those, I hope they make the playoffs. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if they can turn around from what they've been the last two weeks to making playoffs, then good for them. But I think it looks like it's going to be the top ten. So keep that in mind. The only teams that have locked technically are RNG and Fun Plus Phoenix. But uh, now it's basically just a battle for seeding in the, the new bracket format. So uh, keep that in mind as we go through the schedule. I'll try to highlight stuff that, that is playoff-specific matchups. So the first one is definitely not playoff-relevant. E-Star, plus 110 against LGD, minus 147. Ugh. And this just comes right out of the gate with what seems like an automatic bet to me. Uh, E-Star, E-Star, at one, right? 110, feels like, yeah, I feel like you have to just bet E-Star. LGD, there's no way LGD has been significantly better than E-Star. No way. I look at these stats every day, but let me go look at it again just to make sure I'm, I'm gonna, not lying. I'm going to punch them into my model here, too, just to see if it lines up at all. Yeah, just I, to make sure. Just like, I'm with you, John, like, gut check. I was just to just take the dog. I don't care who it is in this matchup. Like, if this yeah, was I mean, Rogue Warriors, I probably would have did the same thing. I know LGD's, like, looked a little bit better in in recent form, but, like, they, they don't have a better stat than E-Star, basically. Yeah, th- this should be... Like, this should probably be one of those like minus one twenty, minus one tens, where they just make you lay juice on both sides. I mean, they they do that anyway, but you know, yeah, this might just be smash pick of the week right off the top. To be honest with you, because there's <laughs> literally not a stat where LGD is better than E Star. So at least like of the ones I look yeah. at, Baron rate. I have this. Uh, let me just real quick. It just surprises me that both teams minus 1.5 is at plus odds, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, so this is like, you know, 50, 53, 46, no big, so minus 130, plus 100, so kind of close. That's for, for LGD. But I'm with you. Just give me E-Star. Close your nose. Maybe you don't even watch this one. <laughs> Do yourself a favor, sleep in on Friday, and don't even bother with this one. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got um, yeah, E Star, E Star. Any anybody for LGD? Any LGD backers here? Nah, just take the plus money and run. Fun Wait, plus you don't Phoenix. believe in LGD's miracle run to make the playoffs? Oh yeah, LGD are technically not eliminated. At two and eight, they could win out and go eight and eight, and then get some help by Invictus losing a bunch. E Star minus one and a half, I think too. I would bet E Star minus one and a half as well. Yeah. Plus three hundred is a pretty good number. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. I'm with it. Next up, we've got another barn burner. Fun, uh, fun plus minus 2,500 <laughs> against Thunder Talk Gaming at plus 855. So we'll say fun plus to sweeps minus 357. Uh, you can't bet that. I think you, I think you can. <laughs> plus 855, dude? I, I might bet TT. So, so right. well, I'll say this. So Thunder Talk Gaming... They did take a game off JDG. They probably could have taken a series off JDG if we're being real about it. Like, they could have won that third game. Um, or maybe I'm mixing it up with the first game. This, the second game I know they won. The first game, I think. I forget if it was the first or the third game that they were winning. This team, more than any of the other bad teams, do we think TT are the best of that of that bunch? Like, are they the best of the LGD, OMG, Rogue Warriors tier, E-Star tier? Or is E-Star the best one? I kind of think TT is the best one. Strategically, I would lean TT. They've done some improvements that make them look at least competent. They look like they have a game plan with Xiaobang and uh, Twilight and and there's a roster. Well, they just sell out for early game. And I I, like, like, you're going to snowball games doing that. I mean, they suck with a lead. 
they're getting better. They still suck with the lead. And they, that's I mean, we saw it. They took the lead against JDG a couple times and couldn't close the game out. But I would rather a team – when I have an underdog of, like, a plus 800 dog, I want a team that's coming out punching. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't want, I don't want a team that's going to try to play a slow control game and just get grinded out. I want the variance awesome. machine. I want last year's Rogue Warriors, right? So. It's better than this year's Rogue Warrior. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and that's what a lot of these bottom teams that I appreciate they're doing, and we see it across regions, right? Where they're underdogs, they really are just selling out for team fights, getting those farming kills instead of objectives. You see them falling behind in gold and yeah. objectives and whatnot, but they're trying something. To win. Any chance we see Fun Plus take their foot off the gas here now that they've clinched the playoff spot? Are they going to battle for seeding, you think? I, I think seeding is going to be beating. It's going to be big. I'm going to double check right now to see if it's if it's coin flip for side selection or if it's not. I'm pretty sure it's just seeding. I've always loved the LPL setup in that in that thing. I have to look at the new one for this season because I've always loved that the LPL, it seems like there's almost never a time when teams can afford to take games off, even going into like the last game of the season That's because what? they're the way they're different like tiers of seeding work that it's like always important to try to be like maintaining or moving up in tier. Yeah. Number one seed gets a direct buy into gee, this bracket is nuts. By the way, if you haven't looked at it, it's going to be a trek. It's going to be like a three week playoff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to be like a tournament. So yeah. Number one seed basically gets to skip three matches. Which is kind of nuts. So, I do think that they're going to be battling for this. Number one and number two both get to skip directly to round four, three, and four. So, I, I do think they're going to keep their foot on the gas here. Unfortunately, for are you are you laying minus three fifty seven? I might actually lay three fifty seven on this. I got no. If anything, I'm, if anything, I'm betting the other side at eight fifty five or whatever. Eight fifty five is pretty huge. But forty three sure to take a game is pretty big. I could see it. Uh, Billy Billy, Saturday morning. Oh, we do Friday. Friday by day. You're right. So that's uh, the LPL for Friday. LCK for Friday morning. We've got – I'm a big fan of this match. KT Rolster minus 179 against Liv Sandbox plus 132. We'll say KT to sweep is at plus 169. Sandbox to take games at minus 233. I'm all over Sandbox here. Yeah, is, is this is Sandbox going to let us down once again? Are they going to do it to us? Probably, but I'm all over it here. I... Yeah, I think I think. How I many like how many times have we set like this team's better than their record, and they're now finally starting to show it? Like, I, I don't know if it was just like the pressure being off helped them, or 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 what. But yeah, we finally got paid off, or at least I did. I finally won a big GPP yeah. with Sandbox in my lineup. Finally, they do so many things well. They just vitalityed really really hard they are they are vitality like they're the same team both the Yamato teams apparently but very very similar teams in that they are doing a lot of things right they just find a way to lose a lot of these games that they probably shouldn't so they finally got one took down Gen G and they 2-0 Gen G it was a statement game right uh this is kind of the potential we were all excited about. Like, I don't think anyone thought this team was winning the league, but this is the production, the numbers that we've been seeing with this team, and they finally put it together. And KT are the opposite. KT have terrible numbers, and they find ways to win these weird long games, kind of like DRX style, right? I mean, KT's still in the playoff hunt. That's the other question here. 
to pull this up real fast. I mean, KT technically is in playoffs right now. They are. They would be the sixth seed. They are ahead, a, a game ahead of Africa. They're a game ahead of Africa who plays tomorrow. And Nonchi. And Fred and Breon. What? Fred and Breon's yeah, in front? Dude, I'm telling you. It's weird. <laughs> weird bracket. I mean, I, I just think the numbers are I think this should be an even money series. I, I, this is this is literally looks like the odds are just like oh this is live sandbox three and ten KT's five and eight let's make the odds accordingly. Yeah, I like sandbox. Yeah, I sandbox don't think that's accurate gonna, at all. Yeah. Sandbox is going to be a very popular underdog play for DFS on that day too, yeah. just because they're going to be priced lower and they swept Gen G. What has KT done in the last few games? Is this, uh, uh, Josh, what do you think? Is this is this number good enough for you, or are you just passing this? Uh, so. I hate this because, like, if you're betting, you should be betting sandbox. But in DFS, this is going to be probably one of my, like, favorite spots. Yeah. Because I love in DFS when an underdog gets too much gas. The slate coming off of the underdog win. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, one of my favorite spots in NFL to do it the same as two is like when you have a big favorite and they're going to be low owned. Um, and in this case, it's not a big favorite, uh, by any means, but it's a, a favorite that's going to probably be low owned in KT. Um, I don't know if it'll work out because the uh, the Eastar LGD and Fun Plus TT matchups could probably just outweigh it um, off to, off rip. Not to mention the uh, the the next LCK matchup, but yeah. um, it could be an interesting spot in, in DFS to play KT at lower ownership if you think they can score well. I love that. I love that take. I do a lot of that. Uh, I, one of the things that, like, there's not very that many things in DFS that I really think I'm that good at. But one thing I think I'm really good at is getting a feel for how other people are going to view these matchups and trying to play counter to how other people are going to view them. And yeah. just what Josh said there is perfect. Like, when you have a, a team coming off a big upset that people are going to give more faith to and another team that's on a losing streak that people are going to take faith away from, it feels like a good spot to be on KT and DFS. Yeah. I'd agree on that angle. Uh, next up, we've got Nongshim plus 147. DRX minus 200. We'll say Nongshim to take a games at minus 213. So, Nongshim also battling for that playoff spot. Both these matches actually have playoff implications, as ugly as that sounds. But, uh, yeah, I... <laughs> This is, this is a weird one because it feels terrible. I, I laid money with DRX for the first time this weekend. I finally crossed that bridge. I don't think I can... It just... There's a certain uh, admittance of guilt once you do that. That <laughs> I, like, uh, There was somebody else I did that with today. Um, LN, oh, I, I took I backed LNG for tomorrow morning. And uh, yeah, and you know me. I've been of of everybody on this podcast. I think I've been the most bearish on that team all season. But I think that you know the number get the market gets too cheap on something. It is what it is, right? So, is this too expensive for DRX or is Nongshim trash? Do we think they can get it together? Like, I kind of think DRX just win this in like boring like you know fifteen to four fashion. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of think DRX wins, but 200 feels a little heavy. I feel yeah. like maybe I might, uh, maybe I might lay off this one. Josh, Chris, any thoughts on this one? If you're betting, bet a minus one and a half. Yeah, must see what must that win is. for Nongshim. Uh, minus one and a half DRX sounds juicy. Uh, yeah, no. Dokdam is their only good player that, statistically speaking. 
Well, Bay's yeah. had Bay's now had like two good games this season, so he's he's improving. He's Maybe. getting better. Maybe a little too late. No, I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. DRX is number three on the LCK. Do we do <laughs> we have like so? Is Nongshim the worst team? Because it sounds a little to me like we think Nongshim might be the worst team. I think Brion's still the worst team. They've just had two lightning and a bottle matches, and everyone wants to point to those two. I think Nongshim's the second worst team behind Brion. I do. That's too. that's where I'm at. Do you think they're like significantly worse than like Sandbox and KT and Africa? Not not significantly worse. Like I think they can battle those teams, but I would still back those other teams against them at like minus one fifty probably. Nongshim are pretty bloody losers though, aren't it? Aren't they? I'm trying to remember. If, let me pull that up real fast. If I remember recently, but they're they're not pretty. They're not a team that I'm excited to play against for. Yeah, they get like ten kills a loss ish. So I don't know. Maybe something there, but it's kind of is this gonna be an LPL loaded slate? Or is it LPL oh, yes. KT? Some kind of KT. My, Kate Ness. You'll see more sandbox. Or for two K T team. Depends on the pricing too. Like I bet DRX on this slate is not going to be very expensive, and people love DRX, so there might be a decent amount of DRX ownership just because they'll be cheap. That's a good call. That's a good call. Anything else for Friday? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. We got another five game. I love these five game slates. They're so fun to build. Do you guys feel the same? Are you going to do LEC and LCS Friday? Oh yeah. This is gonna mess me up. So, listen, for ninety six episodes, we've done it one way. Okay. Well, <laughs> so we can do, can... we could do slate by slate too if we think that's easier. But it's probably best to go LEC and then LCS still. Yeah, let's do Friday LCS and LEC. So we'll do LEC. So Friday we have G two minus three fifty seven. Dude, jumping around is gonna screw with my brain, dude. I'm not gonna be able to do this. Um. G two minus three fifty seven against Mad Lions plus two forty four. Our Mad Lions Mad Lions are going to be like a. It sounds weird to say they're going to be a really popular dog with its, if if G two is on this slate. But Mad Lions, I feel like, are the kind of team people like, right? I feel like playing against G two automatically caps your DFS ownership. Like people, there won't be more than like eight to ten percent of people that are willing to play G 2s opponent, no matter who they are. I don't think. Maybe the only spot is if it's like G two against Rogue or G two against Fnatic. You might be able to get higher ownership on like Rogue or Fnatic, but mm-hmm. a, like a mediocre team playing against G two, I don't think that their ownership can ever be higher than like eight to ten percent. Any uh, any mad lines love here? I would nah. take a shot at in DFS, but not betting. <laughs> yeah, I like them as a big GPP play in DFS. I mean, if they win that matchup, they should score like off the charts. So this year, more than pre- previous seasons, I think. Uh, the losers of the G two matchup has not been as profitable back then. You like you play because it's going to be bloody either way. But reckless has changed this team. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's reckless or the combination of him plus maybe other things. I don't know. Like maybe they just feel like they're getting they they want to stop. Uh, does this team feel like they're a little bit like you know last dance kind of situation? Yeah, a little bit, but I think this like, team's I don't, really I, good, man. Uh, yeah, no, they are. They're 100. They're really, really good. <laughs> I think they're better than game. last. Better than last year for me. They're, they're better than last year. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. They, this team. You, you know what's crazy is that they're still so quintessentially G two, and then they've just like 
added. Like, they have the icing on the cake now. The cake was still there. The cake was good enough for quarterfinals at Worlds, right? We got the icing on the cake again, like, in 2019. So, maybe – is this better than the 2019 team? I guess we'll wait and see, but – Maybe not better than 2019, but I think not better yet, than 2020. Not yet, anyway. They've yeah, been together for They've been together for three months, which is crazy. They could, they could be. But, yeah, they're they, – G2 – if you want to learn how to play a good macro game, you watch G two. They they are all they. It feels like they never trade down. They trade up in every situation. It's it's insane to me. Like it doesn't matter how chaotic it is. It doesn't matter where it is on the map. It doesn't matter what team comp they're playing. They just always are winning on the map, big picture. And I think a lot of teams can learn from that. So yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with me. I'm still I'm still not. I just don't like Mad Lions, man. The bottom lane's still getting away with shit that they shouldn't get away from or shouldn't get away with. They're going to win games. They're, they're going to win. Like, maybe they win this game and everyone gets super hype on Mad Lions all of a sudden. Like, they're capable. They have the talent. But I just have consistency questions with them is all. Like, I, I like Mad Lions in this role more than I like them as a favorite. I'll put it that way. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I want Mad Lions against, like, Fnatic, right? Or I mean, maybe a slightly better than a number than this against G two, but or Rogue or or whoever, right? Um, maybe Mad Lions kill spreads. I'll have to look into it. I was just gonna touch on something Chris said. Um, like if you would have told me coming into this any split ever since I've ever started watching this G two organization play the league that they'd have the third lowest deaths per loss in their league, I would have slapped you upside the head. <laughs> it's absolutely nutty. I mean, so to Chris's point, like. I mean, to John's point, like, maybe it'll be low on Mad Lions does like to push the tempo. Maybe they could end up doing a snowball or something. But, like, I think the way that G2 plays in that – we've talked about it before. They're just so good at playing the map. I think it kind of makes it tough for teams to just run up the kill score on them. But they're not like Fnatic who are just going to – Fnatic, when they're losing, they just want to take fights and hopefully win a fight to, to win it. G2, when they're losing, they just want to split the map and get a bunch of tower pressure, a bunch of map pressure to be. So, like – um, those are things you need to be keeping in mind because when you're trying to choose an underdog, you know, ownership's one part of the puzzle, but it's also, are they going to project well and win? Because I'm, I'm not sure that G2 really, G2's play style, especially when they're playing from behind, lends itself to teams scoring super well just, just because of the nature in which they're able to like cerebrally process the game. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not, they used to do this thing a lot where it's probably arrogance to be honest with you, but like they used to do this thing where they would try to beat teams at their own style like, on purpose, and you could tell. Like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the, the fighty team. Let's, let's you know, rough and tumble early on. Like, turn this into a barroom brawl, and you'd have a 50-kill game out of nowhere, right? They're not doing that kind of shit so far this season. They're, they're not messing around. It's kind of, you know. One thing I'll say about uh, something I talked about a little bit in my video, but it's, in, like, an important point that I think a lot of people miss about if you're playing underdogs a lot of the time, you want the underdog to be your heavy stack. Part of the reason for that is that, like, let's say you have a matchup between, like, this is a fine matchup, G2 and Mad Lions. When G2 beats Mad Lions, a lot of the time, the fights that happen around, like, the Dragon Pit or Baron, G2 will be up a couple thousand gold. That fight, because G2 is better than Mad, will end up being, a, like, a 5 for 0 or a 5 for 1, and G2 will take the Baron and go do whatever with it. When the underdogs are ahead, like, two or 3,000, and they manage to squeak out one of those fights, a lot of the time, th that fight ends up being, like, a 5 for 4 or something like a five for three where they barely win it. So then they can't go take a huge advantage out of whatever they won, like the dragon or the Baron or whatever happened. 
because the other team is better than them and will play the fight better, even if they're ahead, they can win the fight, but usually the, the better team will, will do a better job of making that fight close. Because of that, a lot of times the underdogs can't win the game super fast, even yep. when they're ahead and even when they're winning the fights. They have to fight like two or three extra times because they're not getting these dominant five for zero team fight victories. They're getting five for threes or whatever, and then they can't take as much on the map. So that's why like underdogs in general tend to do very well if they win like big upsets like this because they have a really hard time closing games when they're ahead. Yeah, good good teams don't let you don't let you get clean victories on anything. Like I know. I mean, the, honestly, the LPL has been like a trait, like has shown this to perfection this season, like especially this week, right? Like we've had a couple series this week where was it Rogue Warriors today? Was it Rogue Warriors today? They had like the forty nine kill game or whatever, or was that was that the V? That was V five and and uh, Rare Adam, wasn't it? Mm. It was like twenty four or something like that, where like Victory Five jumped out on them, and they Rare Adam just did not let them win a clean fight. I could be mixing the teams up. Just forgive me if I am. But, like, there's a couple examples good, of it though. in the LPL this week where, yeah, like, good teams are never going to get clean swept out of a fight because they're they're not going to make the mistake that lets them get clean aced really easily. So, yeah. Uh, whew. Okay. Astralis plus 173. SK Gaming minus 238. Um, I like the SK side. I'm not sure I want to pay 238, but I think SK is going to win. I just I hate teams that give leads up. I hate it. I know Australia sucks, but like I'm passing this one. I don't want anything to do with this. I mean, honestly, that probably makes SK a pretty good fantasy asset. They're probably going to be pretty high owned, though. Right? I'm guessing the projections in this matchup are probably pretty good for SK. I haven't yeah. looked at them, but maybe there's there's options that I think people would. Uh, head towards like the Fnatic Misfit game or the G2. But that gives SK a very good play in GPP. Uh, I have to give credit to this team because I had them, I believe I had them as one of my lowest team. And uh, they just improve. They keep improving throughout the split. Um, and I think that's a lot on treats. There's treats on this team. I keep getting teams yeah. mixed up. No, yeah, this treats. Is this is treats. Yeah, treats and um, all the other... Um, players that really uh, made this team a solid playoff. I think they're solidly in the playoffs. I don't think I'm going to be backing this team against anybody in the playoffs. Like, you you just can't spot good teams' leads like that. Like, I know I keep pointing to this over and over and over again, but, like, you, you just can't, right? Yeah, they're a lot better than I thought, but that's because I think I ranked them like ninth coming yeah. into the season, and I think now they're I think of them more as like sixth or seventh. Now they're so kind of like they're, they're better than I thought, but not exciting versus any of the top teams for me. Yeah, this is a pass. Uh, Rogue minus five twenty six, Excel plus three twenty nine. It's a big number, but Excel is Can't even big do it, terrible. Dude. Yeah, they're God damn it, dude. every week. But yeah, this is the this is the test John's test, right. test John's like I don't know mental fortitude or something match <laughs> like test John's takes match or something. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I, I got a I got a nice pick on this one. This is brutal for XL, dude. XL has under thirty one like, plus one hundred five. Lock it up. That's not bad. XL has G two. And rogue in this last week, like to see if they make the playoffs. Like they're just brick, they're just bricking. That's so brutal, dude. It's insane. 
And then Schalke's in like must win mode too, so they just can't, they're gonna they might go out three this weekend. They might be able they might be able to beat Schalke, but the other two I think they're pretty doomed against. I don't even know if they're. I mean, I, I guess we'll see. If they just get completely mollywopped on Friday, they might just be like mental boomed, and Schalke might just. Uh oh, what we got, Josh? What we got? Oh, we're, we're talking about we're talking about win needed wins moment. I just you know we're almost there. Oh, I see. I see. Uh. Under under thirty one minutes plus one oh five. Rogue are gonna Seems reasonable to smash me. Smash this. It's gonna be a biblical beatdown. Vitality. The black and yellow. Plus one eighteen. Against Shawka minus one fifty six. Certain... This isn't the spot because tomorrow's is better, but this is a spot for sure. I say again, like I said last week, why not both? Yeah, I, th- I think you could take Vitality here. I think Schalke's kind of shown their colors that we kind of expected them to show, that they're they're not of the quality they were pretending to be at the beginning of the season. The thing is, there's always... Doesn't this feel like, like... I don't know, you guys understand like the ebbs and flows of a season where there's always an overreaction. Like, every, doesn't feel, like every reaction is an overreaction, Right? I know we've I think seen I've... a couple of rough weeks from Schalke, but like you got to remember too. Like, I thought their drafting was a lot better last week, and the week really the the, sun, the Saturday before as well. That was kind of why I was I was I was bullish on them last week because part of the reason they were losing was because they were just drafting nittily with no help. That's not what they do. That is not that team's identity. So they 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 buried themselves in a hole with that a couple times. Now there were a couple of those games they should have won. Make no mistake, but. If they get back to what they're doing, yeah, like I could see them being favored, but like Vitality are feeling good right now. It's like opposite trajectories, right? I don't know. This should be even money, right? Yeah, I think minus one fifty six is a little heavy. The the plus one eighteen and minus one eighteen don't feel far off of where I would put it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like Josh just smiled, dude. I'm just I'm I'm just ready, you know? Big Kev's over here in the chat. He was firing me up, talking about, oh, I should have bet you Vitality's not going to make the playoffs. And Don't worry, boys. I got receipts. Yeah, I see, got... Discord has this really good search function. Woo-hoo-hoo. Listen, listen. If you want to have a good weekend, don't show up on Sunday after Vitality completes the 3 <laughs> playoffs. Don't show up in the Discord. Listen, listen. Some things are going to be said. Feelings may be hurt. People may cry. Kev may finally get banned. Hey. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. So you guys should do a prop bet. Where hey, I'm Kev gonna, I'm gonna put, banned. I'm gonna put a quick Yazzer link in the chat. But uh, don't, don't look now, Kev. You were probably feeling real good about that one. But don't look now. It's a little early. I'm probably just jinxed myself. We'll see. But. Um. <laughs> Who we got next? We're getting sidetracked here. Um, like, I could. Are really we all vitality Josh. here? I could help Josh out by making shots on my pick of the week. <laughs> that has never failed. We trying to we trying to <laughs> karma with the pick of the week now. Speaking of karma, she's gonna be good on this patch. I will say, actually, like vitality for vitality. This is actually a pretty du- tough matchup in terms of like actual matchups because uh, like uh, the vitality support's pretty good. Um, limit or whatever, or not vitality. Uh, the Shalka support's okay. pretty good. And then Abadage is like their best player, and Melita's vitality is kind 
kind of weak point in their in their losses. He usually gets ran over. Um, Abadaga really hasn't done that much, but I think we've seen him do it a little bit in the past. He's and then Broken Blade just okay this season a little bit. Yeah, and then Broken Blade we've seen be pretty consistent in the top lane, but Shigendo's looked really good recently. So, I mean, just in terms of like position by position, it's a weird matchup in terms of like there's no real massive advantages other than um. Or like they they're they're like strong at the positions vitality is weak I would say so it's a little bit tough there but I think like the draft just in and of itself we've seen vitality have a lot better drafts. Is than there any way they make playoffs? Vitality, yeah. If they win, if they, they win three, out. Schalke, Misfits 3 and beating Schalke and here is the main the main thing. If they don't beat Schalke here, they're done. No, they play Schalke and Misfits, both of which they have to if beat. If they win because against those both, both of them, Excel very reasonably could go 3 this week. All three of them, uh, so, so they just they, Schalke, they really need. Then it would bank a lot on that Schalke Excel match too, because they play yeah, on so Saturday. They, uh, yeah, so it's it's realistically it's uh, Fnatic G two, um, Rogue and Mad have pretty much clinched, and then SK's <laughs> like got a really leg up on the fifth slot. SK needs so like a win to lock it. Yeah. So then it comes down to uh, Vitality Misfits. I think Astralis is eliminated. So it's Vitality Misfits, Shalka. Astralis is eliminated. Yeah. It's interesting when you look at the when you look at the matchups. It is interesting because Misfits could definitely go o three with the matchups that they have. Shalka could definitely go o three. Shalka that XL game is the like you mentioned is the one where they they can snap a win out of XL maybe assuming they lose to Vitality and Vitality's three matchups are all very winnable. So yeah, it's li- yeah, I think it's live. I think it's the the miracle run might Dude, be live. I'm just trying to like put together now like Shalka gets a 7 with a win over Excel. If Excel beats Shalka on Saturday. I don't have the index cards. I'm just doing this I can, on the top of my head. Yeah, I can put the Twitter link. If Excel uh, if Excel Excel gets the 6 wins. That that's the best case scenario for Vitality, right? Is they they win all three? They have to win all three, basically. Is they win out and Excel steals one off Shaka on Saturday? That's like their that's their their yeah. their way to get in. Yeah, that's wild. Most of them play each other too. This is gonna, this is gonna be a fun weekend. Um, Misfits plus one sixty nine against Fnatic minus two thirty three. Fnatic technically haven't clinched yet, but one win gets them there. They're a little bit sloppy. I, this this game's going to be fast and furious. This, yeah, this, this game, like this game might, this, yeah, this game might be like thirty kills in twenty five minutes. You know, like that's going to be. I like Fnatic in those kind of games, though. But they are high variance. I, I don't like Fnatic as this big a favorite. Misfits have been feeling pretty good recently. I think two thirty three is a good number. I probably end up with some with some Fnatic. You are on opposite side of this. I will take the misfit as my pick of the week. Ooh, okay, so talk talk through what's what's the deal? You just think it's it's momentum? The sloppiness of Fnatic is one of the key factors. We see them very streaky, right? Uh, opening day on Friday usually, uh, when we think one way about Fnatic, how they left us off with, and they just come up with a weird draft. Like I've, I, I'm still having PTSD about their draft where they had like zero range. And they go against teams that they should beat. Yeah, I can't help but think that Yamato is uh, still having fun with whatever they're going on. Uh, Misfit, I'm—I've never been a fan of this team. 
all throughout, and they've proven me right this whole split. But for plus 169 for a best of one, I really just think that there's every chance because of fanatic sloppiness that they turn this into a much closer game than it is. Do we, do we think there's any any worry about – so, like, Misfits keep talking about this, like, mid-centric identity that they're they're playing through now and that they had this, like, revelation a few weeks ago. And I'll be honest with you, I don't buy those things, like, 90% of the time. I just think it's, like, post-game interview chatter. But they are kind of following up on it, and that's how they've been playing. Do we think that's, like, a solvable thing? Like, it's pretty linear – Um, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of what Misfits has been doing. I do. Th- I view them kind of like a mini Mad Lions for me. Yeah, in that they're they're fanatic. gonna make some. Yeah, kind of a mini fanatic uh, where they have some good upside. I think there's some talent on that team, and when they when they get rolling and they get some confidence going, I think they are capable of winning games against good teams. But uh, I think there's just too much of an overall skill discrepancy in that matchup for me to be excited about them. All right, uh, LCS Friday night. We've got. CLG minus seven sixty nine, or no, C nine minus seven sixty nine <laughs> against CLG plus four thirty two. Woo! This feels like a CLG bet to me, boys. CLG kill spreads. CLG My plus four thirty two. I think I'm going is... to do kill spread. I'm going to do kill spread and then like a, a piece on the money line. I'm going to continue beating the drum of Cloud Nine is is wildly overrated. I agree, and it's and it's holding on from last season as well. That they, <clears> everyone Blabber is the best player maybe in the entire LCS or yeah. among the best players in the entire LCS, but Fudge is not great. Sven is not great. Um, I think this team definitely has some some weak points. I think their bot lane and their top lane are both weak, and Perks is not weak but has a tendency to like do radical things that can sometimes yep. not be good, especially when your team is not good to back you up. Like you can't make the same plays you can make when you've got G2 captain. <laughs> yeah. Captain Mickey X to back you up when you've got, you know, fudge and, and Vulcan to back you up. It's just not quite, you can't pull out quite the same moves. And so I think he's capable of having bad games, even though he's very, very good. And the top and bot lanes are big questions for me. Blabber running teams over is why this team has a great record. He's just literally yeah. running people over, and if people can stop that, I think that Cloud Nine, I, I'm a, I'm, I think they have a good chance of being first in the regular season. But in the playoffs, I think they're going to play somebody who's going to solve that strategy and beat them. I think Liquid's a good, a good option. Liquid's I think even TSM one. on the right day could do it. I think Hundred Thieves could do it if they get their stuff together. Um, I think somebody's going to find find the solution to them in the playoffs. This might be a little bit of a hot take at this point, but. I, I wouldn't – Cloud9, to me, might actually just be, like, the third best team. By the, like, I'm talking by the end of the year, not, like, right now. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're in like, danger. I think, I, think, I, think Liquid, I think Liquid is going to be the best team. I don't have a doubt, a single doubt about it. I think there's definitely a chance that C9 doesn't go to Worlds this year. I think there's there's at least three other teams that could take that spot away from them for sure. I do think I, – all right, so I guess I'll put it this way. Like, I do think that – the top three, as it's currently constructed, are way, way better than the next tier down. Like, I think they're better than EG and 100 Thieves and, and all these other teams. Now, by season's end, that might be different, but I don't know. It's still very early. We'll see. But I just look at overall. And here's the – so here's the here's the, the pro the pro Cloud9 case, right, is that Fudge continues to get better. Like, if Fudge just keeps progressing – 
and he is not like I mean he's he's actually he's already getting better, but he's got stiff competition. So if that stiff competition can can like harden him by the end of the year, then yeah, I think C9's live to do whatever. Like they got plenty of talent on this team, but I think if he improves a lot, then they're basically Cloud Nine from last year. Yeah, because their weakness last year was the bot lane for me. And if Fudge improves a lot, like Licorice was not a problem for this team. So if 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 he improves a lot and and Perks figures out like gets gelled with the team better, then I think they have the same weaknesses they had last year. Yeah. I, I, by the way, like we're not saying this team's bad by any stretch. Like I don't think any of us are saying that. We just think that like this is they're overrated. Everyone got a little too ahead of their ahead of the curve on this. That's all. Big number. Best of one. I don't think real realistically like CLG looks good, dude. Yeah, CLG looks good and in C- their last and, like, four or five games. They look and quite good. CLG jump out to leads on people. This is what you want in a big under in a big underdog like this. We talked about this already. So CLG kill spreads and money line. TSM minus one sixty one. Evil geniuses plus one twenty. I do like the geniuses as underdogs, but TSM I think is the side here. I'm probably going to be on TSM here. I don't know how I feel about this matchup. I feel this like is pretty EG, close. One of the things that keeps me from wanting to bet on EG is that I think that TSM's weakest point is AD carry, and I think that EG's weakest point is also AD carry. So I, th- I feel like it kind of balances that out. Like I think EG has a better top laner for sure. I think TSM probably has the better mid laner. Jizuke's <laughs> made enough boneheaded decisions this year, even though he's very talented. That Power of Evil's better there. Uh, TSM definitely has the better jungler. And then support, I actually think I think Ignar is fantastic. So yeah. I think those two are like pretty pretty dead on. But yeah, my biggest issue is that EG can't take advantage of the fact that TSM has a bad AD carry because EG also has a pretty bad AD carry. Well, compared to some of the other AD carries in the league, they're not bad, bad. But you know, I will say for what it's worth that Rise with Everfrost on this patch is crazy, crazy good, and it's one of Jazuke's specialties. So. I don't know. Maybe we start seeing that. Maybe that's a threat. Teams can just ban it, though. Like, I don't know. I, I just have inconsistency issues with DG. I like them as underdogs generally, but not unless it's a bigger number against the good teams. Like, if this is like a. I do think this number is pretty close. I don't know. This feels like small value on TSM. I'm probably going to take TSM. Josh, Chris, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I would agree that TSM has looked so much um, better as of late that it's hard to trust EG still. Yeah. I was hoping that they turn it around, but no, they're not. Josh? Top die, top die, top die, top die, top die, top <laughs> die, top die. EG. And still Second mortgage. <laughs> okay. Dignitas, plus 221 against Team Liquid, minus 303. A rare situation you're not going to see very often of By a the team way, being ahead in the standings late in the season and plus 221 against their opponent. Just to trigger, Kevin. <laughs> um, it's a big number. They've been playing really, really well. Sorry, my friends. A Saligo Dardock fake god team is... Just not getting it done at the end of the year. I'm sorry to apologize to you guys about it. Neo I, is, I, I do agree is fantastic. Neo is fantastic uh, and probably won't be on Dignitas next year because that tends to be how it goes. Yep. But uh, 
but I don't think a Saligo Dardock Fate God team is is ever real at ten and five. To be honest with you, it's a pretty big. So here's the thing, right? And this is kind of a concept I think we should talk about too. Is like you can have a market overpricing a team, but you still need to evaluate the match, right? Like we can we we all. I don't think anyone's kidding themselves that this team's not ten and five good. They've exceeded expectation. If we were doing Pythagorean win expectation, Josh, we could do like we could do like a pie. They'd have like a Pythag of like seven and a half or eight or something like that right now. They're they're performing like a like a five hundred team, and they are playing better than we thought they were. And that kind of feeds into it's got this like feedback loop, right? Where you know they perform better than ex, than ex, expectation, and then the hype feeds into that, and then it keeps snowballing and going, and they keep winning. It's the Mad Lions thing from last year again. I was just about to say, how much yeah. of this reminds you of last year's Mad Lions, where, like, they're too young, but they're already priced like they're made. Yeah, they're overpriced and overrated, but you still need to evaluate it on a game-to-game basis. So, like, maybe if you're not backing them, it's more a case of, like, why not back Liquid here? Is there a reason not to back them? Yeah, I still think the number's too big on Liquid, I gotta say. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a Dignitas believer at all, but I usually don't lay minus 300 in and best that's... of ones anyway. And Dignitas is playing well enough that I'm not laying minus 300 against them. I might. Uh, I might. <laughs> so I, for me, this one's a pass, but I do think Dignitas is... Uh, I'm sticking my, my flag in the ground to whoever keeps... I can't remember who it is who keeps messaging me and said, or, do you believe in Dignitas now or whatever? It's a kind of chem stat, maybe. Some, one of the guys... There's somebody in there. The yeah, it was on Twitter. I think uh, it was... Yeah, it was... Let's see. This is... Dignitas... Kill spreads against Liquid have been very, very good. That's something you want to do. I'm just going to... Make a quick TL versus Dig. Yeah, TL are... I didn't add in this weekend's games yet. I think they went 1-2. and two. TL are 4-10 against the kill spread this season. Partly, partially because they have really low totals and really high spreads. So it's just like in the NFL when you have like a 37-point game total and like a 14.5-point spread. There's like no margin for error for the winning team. So it's projecting like a sixteen to six or something like that. It's pretty easy for the dogs to cover a lot of time if, if you know, Liquid just makes like one mistake or something. So I te- I've been I've been taking kill spreads against Liquid a lot in this situation, and in this case we're getting uh, we are getting a seven and a half, which is actually kind of short, but that's worth considering, I think. FlyQuest minus two thirty eight. What? Golden Guardians. Plus, does it matter? Matters to me. I mean, I think Plus I think FlyQuest is significantly better than Golden Guardians. I don't think FlyQuest is very good, but I think everyone is significantly better than Golden Guardians. Are we? Are so? Let me question for you guys. Like, we kind of talked about this last week. Are we going to try to time the uptick? Are we going to try to time the bottom? Right. Are we going to try to like find the, like like find where this where Golden Guardians bottom out? And try to catch the upswing, or are we going to wait for some kind of like weird? Are we going to wait for some confirmation that they're like turning it around first? I'm just not going to bet on them. I just no. I mean, I'm just going to embrace NA variants. I don't know. Like you, you people are crazy to me. Like you're just not taking these these like plus regularly plus five hundred underdog in in NA. I, I just like look. What? I listen. I said I'm taking. I'm, I'm probably going to take some dignitas. What? I'm gonna take Dignitas kill spread probably at the very least. They're playing yeah, but not, right now. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like with Golden Guardians, oh. like I'm. I think I just think you just keep betting. They have to win twice. Like, okay, so I just they're think plus five hundred. I don't even think they're an academy team. I just disagree. Like they have a good, they have a functional bot lane and a decent mid lane. I guess. They're just top jungler, absolutely worthless. Turns out that the experiment went that wrong. the university system is not yep. good. Um, so everyone who was complaining about NA amateurs not getting enough opportunities, I guess we looked at the wrong spot. Okay. Also, like how is Maryville such a powerhouse in that scene? I, I whatever. Anyways, mid jungle or top jungle are just useless. It's a big but enough number. The for bottom half of the map is decent. They have been getting a little better. Good. Yeah, I, I don't like this number in yeah. general, but I think in general, like betting on on GGS is probably the route to go for most games. But plus one seventy two here feels like meh. But I would never take FlyQuest to minus two thirty eight against yeah. literally anyone. Yeah, I, this is mostly me just not liking FlyQuest. I, like they got to win on Sunday, right? I think they won. Yeah, I'm not Sunday. betting. I'm not betting FlyQuest here, but I'm not going to bet Golden Guardians. Like diamond, I'm never betting on a team that has diamond on it ever again. So after the after the emote and after the emote in the bush disaster, I'm never betting on I'm never betting on a diamond team. The Golden Guardians have gone under their kill total in 11 games with an average total of 7.9 kills. Like that's the betting line total, and they've gone under 11 times. <laughs> so yeah, that's the average. I didn't do the actual what's it called. So I just pulled this up real quick. Saturday. Nope. Hundred Thieves Immortals. Oh, I told you this was going to fuck with my brain, dude. Hundred Thieves Immortals. Hundred Thieves minus 206. Immortals plus 167. I'm smashing Hundred Thieves. Dude, can here, 100, dude. is Hundred Thieves, like... They they had the get right on Sunday. That was important. They needed that big time. Because they were maybe going to be in a bad spot. Mentally. Psychologically. I don't think Immortals is very good. All right, so let's like, is Immortals better? Like, are they the ninth or tenth, ninth or eighth team? And are they like, a, how much above? Are they just in a group? Is that whole tier just a hodgepodge? These teams are totally different in class for me. I no, I I agree. I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, do you think Immortals are like trending They're up? They're better than Golden Guardians, and that's it. And that's that's about what I'm about what I'm willing to give them. I okay. think. I I do like Hundred Thieves here. I think Hundred Thieves is I think Hundred Thieves is the most underrated team in the league right now. They took a couple tough losses, but a couple of them were against really hard teams too that they weren't even necessarily expected to beat to begin with. They had what one one big upset loss. I'm pretty sure they had one big upset loss, and their other losses were just against teams that like you wouldn't have picked. Yeah, they lost to Golden Guardians. That was yeah, their one always gonna that everyone's like that. Yeah. that everyone's hyped on. All their their other losses are to Cloud Nine, Evil Geniuses, TSM, like teams that in theory they could lose to. Like they they should are they in the tier with them or whatever. Yeah, they they've not been losing to these other teams. They're undefeated against the Mortals, undefeated against FlyQuest, undefeated against Dignitas, undefeated against CLG. They have one loss to Golden Guardians. That's their one like big upset loss of yeah, the year. I'd agree. I think they're miles better than Immortals regardless of which lineup they play, and it's like an easy bet at minus 206 for me. Yeah, I'm going to be on under these here as well. I'm with you. Objections? I just object to the comment that they're massively underrated. I still think they're actually massively overrated, but I do agree that this line is wrong. Maybe not by the books, but by public sentiment. What's got you leaning that way? I'm interested. Just public sentiment. I mean, if you ask the public, like, in our Discord, 
what 100 Thieves ranks in the LCS, I guarantee everyone would say that they're probably top two or three. And I don't think they're top two or three in the LCS at all. They got to be third. I think they got to be third or fourth. Third or fourth. I think they're, I don't even know that they're fourth to me. You think they're better than, they're definitely better than Dignitas. Sure. I have them at TSM, EG. I have them at four. They're better, a they're better than EG. Top three. I, yeah, I just disagree with the EG point. I think, I think, okay. I think for what it's worth, I like them a little more than EG, but I think they're like the same tier. Yeah. That's fair. So I, I, I would accept that. Okay. I would accept that argument. I think they're the same. I just, I don't think, I will just, I'll say I don't think they're definitively better than EG. That's fair. I think that's reasonable. Like if you wanted to tie them ranked tied fourth or something. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. A tier. I don't know if I a tier. Yeah, I don't know if I could say that they're definitively or a better. Plus, or in my a opinion. plus tier. Those two are better than the rest of the field. You know. So, but it seems it seems like, like the public opinion, or at least the Discord opinion, or maybe it's just the loud people. Maybe. Or maybe it's just <laughs> that I get triggered. I don't know. It could be any of these things, like selection bias on my half or anything. But I just it feels like people think that they're like a shoe in top tier team, like going to the finals, top four, like. Going like def- they're competing with Cloud9, Team Liquid for like this this finals in the LCS, and I feel like they're a pretty pretty fair gap behind them in terms of actual overall gameplay. FBI yeah. is the only player that I would put in that, like give the respect there. Even someday's been like objectively underperforming this split yeah. to me. I mean, there's still plenty of time. They could also improve. And EG, I think, like. I think EG is the team that's actually the overrated team for me. Let me go. I want to look real, just really fast while we're talking about it. I think so the thing with I EG, the thing with EG well, is like they're overrated because we're looking at this like from our perspective. I think where like we all understand that they're just a high volatility team. Well, but, just like, my thing with them to is average I, that out is like I went to go look at their stats last week when they played Dignitas, and Dignitas was just better better than them at everything. Yeah. Yeah. At everything. And so, like ranking them higher than Hundred Thieves is is tough for me. Like Hundred Thieves is better, has better GPM, better GDM. Like I just I, like there's almost no stats in which EG is better than even yeah. Hundred Thieves, and, and Dignitas is the is the team that I think is kind of fraudulent statistically. But I don't know. It's a good battle. I think you can put you can put them anywhere between third and fifth. But all right, Saturday we are pretty far in, so I'm going to try to up the pace here a little bit. Now that we've kind of talked about the playoff scenes for these, we fly through the rest of this. So Saturday slate, we've got LPL in the morning. We've got Billy Billy minus five hundred, Rogue Warriors plus three twenty seven, Rogue Warriors to take a maps at plus one oh seven. Billy Billy looked BLG. a lot better to me in the last couple series. BLG minus one and a half at minus one forty three is not too bad. You could consider that. I think. Yeah, I think that too. Any objections? No, this next one. These next two are bangers, though. Yes, yes. Let's skip the garbage game because I don't want to talk about Rogue Warriors anymore this season. Rare Adam, slight favorites, minus one twenty three against Invictus, minus one oh five. Quick shout out to me who did my mid season video and said that I thought JDG and Rare Adam were the two teams that were going to come up in the second half, and they're both undefeated since that video came out. Both those teams have not lost. Am I allowed to pat the... myself on the shoulder for betting Rare Adam futures? Yeah, Rare Adam. Uh, well, that depends because I don't think Rare Adam has any chance of winning the league. Yeah, but but, you know. <laughs> but they, they're definitely coming up from where they basically where buying they were. low, stock up on them. You know, that kind of thing. I'm gonna be. Hey, look, if they get into playoffs and they pull some upsets, I'm gonna. That's gonna be Hedge City, man. I'm gonna be all over. They they've been very good. 
it's not always pretty. They're, you know what they are? They're they're like a slightly more disciplined version of Sooning in summer. Where it's not always pretty. They're not always stomping people. Sometimes they got to grind you out in a 35-minute game. As, in fact, that's like what they like doing. But they're getting it done. They like laning you to death. Honestly, the, it's going to be really fun to watch these two teams because Rare Adam's individual players have been performing extremely well. I don't know if you guys have looked into that. But individually, they're performing extremely well. And historically, Invictus has been a team that wants to play that way. So in a weird way, this is kind of a bad matchup for them. Are you know. ready? Are you are you ready for the analysis, Vince? Yeah. Okay, so Invictus has four games left. Their their other three it's Rare Adam, then they play Thunder Talk, Victory Five, and LGD. So, because they're guaranteed to lose one of the LGD or Thunder Talk <laughs> games, guaranteed, just stone nuts lock that they'll lose at least one. Yep. There's no shot they lose this game. <laughs> it's just it's, process of elimination. And the, look, the, I don't make the rules. The, invi- the, invi- just, the Invictus theorem, dude. That's yeah, <laughs> the Invictus troll cycle. Listen, I don't make the rules. I hate that I have to remind people of the rules. But it's just the facts. <laughs> Are Invictus below minus 130? Back them. It doesn't matter. Like, that's what... <laughs> yeah, this is, this is just... An insanely good matchup that I'm really excited to watch. It actually should I, be a good match. That's what's cool about it, right? Like, I want to lean. I want to lean Invictus because of what you said specifically. Yeah. I think that that Rare Adam is going to try to play through the lanes head on, and I think that's the toughest way to beat Invictus. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I feel like I want to lean Invictus for that reason. But this is a close matchup. You want like, the lay-in revenge angle, the long, the the long revenge distance revenge thing? angle. <laughs> More like the June stepping up to show that he deserved the spot angle. I like yeah. I like But this no, is... I think this is gonna be just an awesome match. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I never in a million years that I actually think that this would be like even money. And I was like the most bullish rare Adam person I know. But man. You know what's crazy about this too is like all these players are performing like the same they were last season, if not better. And look at the results this season. This is more what I expected from this team in summer. We didn't get it, so oh, uh, we'll see. They could still like end up like nine and seven or something like that. I'm not gonna get too hype on it, but it feels like you have to take Invictus here, doesn't it? That that's where I'm gonna lean. I think it's very close, but I'm gonna lean maybe, towards the Invictus maybe side. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna have to do some deep diving on this. I'm just gonna, Chris. What do you think on this one? Uh, who has the better sentiment coming into this game? I can't. I can't go with statistics. Not with Invictus. Um, looks like Rare Adam should have come with more accolades. And it's time to lean Invictus. Dude, I, I think Rare Adam should be favored in this match. Just looking at the numbers, but yikes. yeah, yeah, I think wild. I think Rare Adam should be favored. They should I think, be favored. Yes, I make it minus one forty-seven. Minus one forty-seven plus one fourteen. If it was a stylistically different matchup, I, I would be on Rare Adam, I think, yeah. given the stats of the teams and yeah. how they've played this season. The only thing that worries me for Rare Adam is that they're going to try to play they're the same style that I think this is best at. You're right. You're right. Yeah, interesting. Interesting match. Great one. Um, another interesting match, and I was mind-blown by this. I made a pick of the week before you guys even got on here because I needed a good yeah. one. It's a good pick of the week. Uh, EDG minus 169 against Top Esports plus 128. Top Esports is an underdog. Just take it. It's never going to happen again. Just take it. Yep. 
Snap it, look, I agree. Ed, look, EDG are good. EDG are smart. Top do some dumb shit once in a while, but Top aren't losing this match. I'll, I'm, they could I'll lose, say. but I think it's I think it's I think they should be favorites for sure. Yeah, Top's not losing. I think it's a, an easy snap as underdogs. Yeah. I don't understand how this isn't like a just even a like <clears throat> I'd be even okay if it was minus one fifteens across the board. Like yeah. uh the esports even money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this is just, yeah, the, the number's just out of whack. I think top esports at, at the most pessimistic should be like plus 105 here in this matchup. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I'd say that's probably like the most pessimistic. Um, yeah, I think you have to bet them at plus 128. And they could very easily lose. Like again, we're not saying there's, we're not saying it's a guarantee that they win. We just think that there's value in that number. If you're getting 20 points of value compared to what you think, that, that's a bet you should be making. Long the top term. esports minus one point five at plus three thirty two is a good bet it, too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I already, already hit it like three yeah. different spots, dude. I'm There's been for people that haven't noticed, I talk about it in my video all the time, but the LPL has lost a lot of its variance this season. Teams yep. are just winning two zero. Teams are just coming out and taking care of business, like yeah. a lot of the time. We've seen a lot of uh, teams that are managing to fend off underdogs with leads. I don't know if it's a thing of if it's a thing of the meta or is it just a skill gap the difference. Under, the but... underdogs can't close a game to save their life. That's yeah. Favorites are holding off these underdogs in games that in previous seasons the underdogs would have been able to close them usually when they randomly roll out to a 5,000 gold lead. But this year the favorites are just like, nah, we're just going to win anyway. And it's happened like a lot. Let me let me ask you guys something. Who's the best team in the LPL? Like, forget the standings. Fuck the standings. Who's the actual best team in the LPL? It's pretty close, obviously. I, uh, yeah, I think it's these two teams. It's, it's probably top esports, but there's an argument for like – Two or three other teams being in that argument as well, I think. I think the top I really, four. I think you can make a case for the top four. Yeah, I really like Fun Plus, but uh, Jungler is still a question. Has he tested? Well, I say top four. Fun. I mean, I mean EDG, RNG, top, and FPX. Oh, that's yeah, right, that's... RNG. I keep forgetting that there's up there. I hate them, but yes, yeah, they only RNG. have one loss. I, th- I, think, top, just, I think top's the best Dusting team. off EDG. Yeah, I, th- I think top's probably the best team, but it's it's pretty close. I don't think they're anywhere near like some sort of lock to win the split. There's, I think four teams, like you said, is a pretty reasonable uh, like teams that could argue that they might win the split here. Yeah, for sure. So position by position, top versus EDG, where are your guys' leans? I'm curious, actually, to get this. Three, six, top nine. lane. 3-6-9. Really? Okay. Right, right now. Jungle. 3-6-9. And uh, that's nothing. I, honestly, not by much. I think that's pretty close to even i would just lean 369 i think he's playing really really well right now jungle i'd be surprised if anyone didn't say carsa here is anyone carsa yeah carsa that one's kind of you... close i think the mid lane's a blowout i think knight is just a blowout win over scout really are you guys season, but yeah john and chris are you guys on 369 over flandre that, that, that's I... super close Close. I'm with I'm with Gelati. I think it's a very slight edge to three six nine, maybe. But I feel similarly about the jungle. Actually, I don't think Cars is having one of his I, best I seasons. I, I think, think top slight lean, very close. Yeah, slight lean, and then a blowout in the mid lane. At eighty carry, I would actually probably lean towards Viper, and I would lean towards Mako. So I think the advantage for EDG is is the bot lane and the other three positions to top esports. I'm just quick interesting this into with mid being by far the biggest gap in any position. Being Knight and Scout, I just feel Scout's like been bad this season, but uh, he's the weak. I just side. feel like I haven't noticed Knight doing as much this year, but maybe that's just meta it's things. Meta. But it's like, meta. it's the world. Yeah, it's just like I haven't noticed. Like, I, I know you're saying there's a big gap. I agree. Like in general, it's just like I, I just don't know what it means and or if it's like relevant. I don't know because like I agree that I think Knight's like way better player than Scout, but like right now it just doesn't seem to 
to really matter so, all that much. Knight I don't and know. Scout are one and two in XP differential at fifteen, and they're by a mile. The two of them are the best. Fofo is actually third, um, in kind of his own tier below them, and then it's a big drop off to the rest of the league. So, yeah, Knight Knight is gold differential at fifteen. Knight is ridiculous. He's like two standard deviations ahead of everyone. It's like he's killing it still. He's Knight hasn't changed. It's just. He's just not the like the focal point of the compositions. Correct. Like back last year, we saw like Knight like eleven and one on Syndra and a bunch of games and stuff like that. And this year, he's just not doing that stuff. <laughs> I've been writing a lot about Top because like my model thinks they're far and away the best team in the in the LPL. I don't. Qu- I'm not quite that bullish on them, but I, p- part of what makes them so special to me is they are. I've been talking about this a lot in the Discord too. They're a chameleon team. A lot of teams are a dragon scaling team or a herald snowballing team. There's like the two buckets that people fall into, right? And then there's a handful of teams that try to be both. Or they try to meld. And some team, like, it's not that every team is just only doing this or only doing this. It's just that's their tendency, right? Top, Damwon, Fun Plus, and there's a handful of other teams that, that kind of, they just mold to whatever their opponent does, right? That could mean one of two things. That could mean that they're just going to take everything. They're just going to contest their opponent at whatever their opponent's good at and take them off their game, which is a lot of times what Top does. Top will just contest you. Damwon just does the opposite of what you do a lot of the time, and they'll find ways to finagle and sometimes get everything out of it. Um, Teams like RNG and EDG, part of what I'm concerned about with them is that they've been a little more on the dragon side of things, which I think as the season goes on, becomes less good. Like, the more people get, the more improvement people show at closing games out, they're not going to be able to pull out a lot of these victories out of their ass. Now, I think those teams are good. I'm not saying they're linear. They can definitely do both. They've, we've seen them do both. But I think part of what really elevates teams like Top and Damwon is that they, they are good at everything. And that's really hard to do. So I think, like, over a long term or over a best-of-five series, it's going to be really hard to beat those teams. So, yeah, I don't know. I, this is top all day, no question. Yeah, it's an easy top bet. LCK, kind of an interesting one. We've got Gen G minus 233 against T1 plus 171. Gen G. How do you feel about the Gen G fall-off, Gelati? I mean, it's, it's not, not like they've... <laughs> Not like they've hard fallen off. They, they lost, lost the series. They lost the recently. series to Brion. They came out and just smashed Hanwha. Well, they were looking like they were competitive with with Damwon at the beginning of the season, yeah. like statistically and stuff. They were like up sitting right about where Damwon is, and as of recently, their stats have fallen down quite a bit, and yeah. Damwon's have kind of stayed elevated. Let me see where I have them at right now. I have them like right there with them still, pretty close. Funny that Brion. It's it's very funny that Brion like two of their wins are against Gen G <laughs> Damwon. Damwon and Gen G and then just and then that's Damwon's only loss of the season too. That's what makes it even funnier. Damwon's one loss the season. Uh, by the way, they Brion. play tomorrow morning, and if you don't think Damwon are going to just rage destroy this team, then I don't know. I, what... I talked about that a little bit in that uh, Damwon. <laughs> A quick note for for DFS people because I did some I, I did something I almost never do today and I actually manually altered the Damwon projections and upped them a little bit yeah. for two reasons. Number one, I do think that they're more likely not when the game matters, like not in the early game. I think they'll play their normal game, but when it like at the end of the game when they're winning, I think they are likely to rub it in against yeah. Brion, uh, given that that's their only loss. But also. 
Damwon has scored a lot more points in their last like five games than they did for the first like many games of the season. Yeah. And so I manually up Damwon's projections a little bit today because I think uh, there's a reasonable chance that they're that they're going to be a little bloodier at the end of the season here than they were at the beginning. It's the the only time so I've done it in like happy. the last like it's the only time because the, you can see very clearly. Uh, when you look at their game logs, that the first like 20 games of the season, you could have faded them every slate and you'd be happy. In their last five or six slates, they've scored significantly higher than they were scoring at the beginning of the season. Got it. Where are we at? Oh, Genji T1. Let's talk oh, yeah. about this as T1 Senior, T1 Junior. If T1 play, I don't know. Let's let's go with Zeus, owner, faker, Teddy, Carrier. Can't even talk about the steam, dude. There's like 20 amalgamations they could play, and you can't even talk I'm just about gonna them. Throw, <laughs> I'm going to throw out like an old version and a an a young version, and that's it. <laughs> like, because I do think like rough, like f- fundamentally, it's pretty close. Yeah, because you have like the closer led team and you have the faker led team. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I'm not going to go into it again here, but they play differently. I don't think either one's like specifically better. I mean, I kind of think the faker version's better. It's more consistent, but. This is pro- they're probably going to keep playing closer here, right? I mean, I don't want to. Let's just handicap it as two different teams. If this is a faker lineup, is this a T one play, or is Genji still enough better? Because I think I think Genji's still enough better. I'm probably going to be on them here. I th- I don't think I would bet T one with either lineup. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide if I want to bet Genji with either like, lineup. Like build your best T one lineup. Would you still bet? Like, would you bet them at this number against Gen? G? I don't think I'm betting T1 no matter what. The only argument for me is whether I want to bet Gen G, and I'm not even sure I want to bet Gen G to be honest. Josh, uh, I think that this is. I don't. I don't know if I could. Man, I feel like you just bet a minus one and a half. I don't. I. Is it? What's the under two and a half at? I don't want to bet either of these teams. <laughs> like, I don't know. I kind of think Genji are just going to smash. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. Under two and a half, minus 130. That's kind of annoying odds given the two odds for the minus one and a half. It's like a parlay. Yeah, could you just... It's like a parlay. If you bet both, it's probably going to be pretty close to that. It's probably going to be like minus one thirty-five when you add it up. They usually give you a little yeah. better on the under, but I would just couldn't. You, wouldn't you have a better payoff if you bet both minus one and a half? Because you, you're losing one no matter what. Right, you lose one, but you would get plus point four nine on Gen G. I mean, yeah, you can add it up if it's. Yeah. I, I don't I, have it in front of me. I think I, I think you just bet the double minus one and a half here for me. I kind of think Gen G is just going to smoke this. That that Hamwa, I mean Hamwa. So where do you think T one's better than Hamwa? Because that series was not close, like not remotely close. That's tough. Again, which iteration do we get? I think Hamwa had like (laughs) nine kills that whole series, which is very unlike them. (laughs) Genji was angry. Um, Peak T one would have been better than Hamwa. Yeah. I agree with that. But we're not getting anything close to that, or for the last month at least. 
this does kind of feel like maybe this is the T1 wins this and reminds everyone that they're pretty good and then has an upset loss the next day or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I like Genji here, but I, I don't know. This is probably about close. So I might just pass. Oh, that's – I was trying to remember. I was like, I thought – I feel like I committed something in memory about that series. That was that series was just – I think I talked about it on the pod last week. I was like, oh, literally just watch Zion this. Mid. I remember that. Yeah. I literally said, watch this game and live bet based on draft, and they just got smurfed on in both drafts. Yeah. Like, what are these drafts? You have – in game one, you have, for just the top trio, you have Camille, Hecarim, Azir, all three very firmly in the meta, versus Gragas, which is a meta pick. Rexai, no. <laughs> and and Syndra, who I think is garbage in the current meta. I think it's a, it's it's like a champion that pros are defaulting to that they don't need to. So they got outdrafted there. Syndra is like second Oriana. Honestly, yeah, she's honestly, just like crappy Oriana. Yeah. yeah, like. But she's even worse because she doesn't do she does single only single target damage, which is like. Uh, yeah. Mostly single target that's damage. Her E is very strong, only... obviously. And then they played Scion mid the second game. I was like, I'm not. Yeah, I, I actually think I said it on the pod. I was like, live live bet these, and I don't think I would have bet on Hanwha after either of those drafts. So, Fred at Brion plus one seventy four. Afrika minus two thirty eight. This is like just out of pick of the week range. I already I already bet this. I put this. Yeah, Afrika and Afrika minus one and a half both yep. feel like legitimate options there for me. Brion's not good. Don't literally don't let this team look. If you get blown out by Brion pulling, you know, catching lightning again, then just accept that you weren't going to win that day and move on. But this team's not good, and they're being overrated. It it feels goofy to say that at, about a big underdog like this that we've seen on you know we tomorrow right another situation. They're just being way overrated. Th- this team's not good. Just take Afrika. And I'll say this, Afrika, I think, have gotten progressively better every single series. Um, they actually played Damwon pretty close in Game 1. They played a s- real slugfest against Gen.G. Or was it Hanwha? They played Gen.G in their last series. Uh, Afrika's rounding into form, I think. I, I don't think they're perfect. I don't, I, I, they might not be quite as good as the Gatekeeper version last year, but like this team's going to smash bad teams, I think. So, give me, uh, give me Afrika. No question here. Where we at? LEC Saturday. Any questions? Any anything to add on on that one? No. LEC Saturday. Shawka minus two twenty two versus Excel plus one fifty three. Kind of mentioned this one a little bit. This is it. I'm this probably not going to bet it. Probably not going to bet it. But I think this is a pretty important. You know, it's an interesting matchup. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm just going to debate who's the worst jungler, Gilius or Dan. They they price this just right. <laughs> Like off the top, I mean, obviously, I haven't looked like dialed in on this, but like just looking at it off the top of my head, this is just right. Like, I don't really want to bet Shalk at this price, but I hate Excel. Like, I think Excel sucks. So, probably Depressed no bet. John. Probably no, 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 no bet, and hopefully, John doesn't get too sad on Saturday. Vitality plus one twenty nine, Misfits minus one seventy two. Do you believe in miracles? I know Josh does. Okay. So bet misfits so that Vitality wins, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> only, only, only mid laner that comes close to being as bad as Melita statistically in, in the, in, uh, LEC, the split is Vitea. 
So unlike the Schalke game where I said that there's like some matchup dependent uh, questions here, this is like not at all. Misfits is literally playing the same way as Vitality, but with the stronger jungle. By the way, keep so in, mi- if keep in mind can run the game over. That's keep it. in mind that Vitaly has been getting a lot of help in the last like seven matches. And when he didn't last week, he got absolutely turbo stomped, yeah. like just ran over. Yeah. But listen, this is the game where. I mean, the, the strong point of Misfits is is their bot lane, and they're gonna want to play through that. But I like Vitality's bot lane is hard to take advantage of. Right I don't. Now. I don't think and, they're gonna play that game. I think they're gonna try to play through mid, like they've been saying. And this is just gonna be: can Misfits scale, or can Misfits snowball this hard enough? That that's what this is. This is snowball versus scaling. Yeah, it's if Razork can run over the game. That's pretty much the only chance, in my opinion. What are the Unless Vitality also what does are the a random. Razor running over the game. Do you think they're pretty? I mean, he's been good. I don't. He's I mean, I'd, I'd argue he's been a top five jungler in EU this split. Um, so probably pretty decent. Fifty percent. I'd probably yeah. I'd probably put it yeah. I think just slightly higher than a coin flip even, or just around. I guess running. How how do we say? I guess how do we define running over? Like a six kill, essentially winning the at game. 15 minutes. I don't care what the score line. Yeah, is that, I mean, you probably put that at like somewhere between thirty to thirty five percent maximum, and then like what another fifteen to twenty percent of just other ways they win. Yeah, exactly. So this number is a little big then, right? Vitality is going to have some things going for them here too. I think, like, if they beat Shulka. I, I think them beating Shulka is, is interesting. I think they need to beat Shalka, or else you could actually bet Misfits in this match, maybe. 172 might be a little too heavy to bet 63, Misfits anyway. 63 and a quarter. If Vitality's out of the running for playoffs, don't you feel like that takes some of their edge off? I feel like they're if they lose that match to Shalka, I think they're I, less likely I to I kind of one. think that they've just been playing with how... Like they have, it, it seems to me like they're playing with house money. Like, they've just been a lot looser. They're just playing to play now. I don't think... I honestly don't know if they have any expectations of making playoffs, and I think that maybe has helped them. I could be wrong. Well, they I they for sure wrong. do now. They now for sure do now. But I I think they've just looked like they look better. It's just it's just hilarious. Like they haven't been sprinting it during Baron. These that last week they just yeah. didn't literally just run it down while Baron was alive for no for no reason, and they won both games. Weird how that works. Like it's just play like a human yeah, being when Baron's on the map. Don't throw like, the game away and you win. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Like legit, they just. They didn't do anything spectacular. Like they highlighted a crown shot play on the LSD Twitter, and it was like, it's. I mean, he obviously, just it's, it's really kited back it's high level. But yeah, he's just kiting okay. backwards. Like, he's playing AD carry, like professional AD carry. He's just like, oh, I ultimate, I cleanse, I flash, I use my whatever the stupid dash ability is that they added. Like, Gilders. yeah, he played AD carry. He didn't do anything over the top, but it's like, yeah, weird how like when they play. <laughs> As a professional team, they win games, you know? Yeah, don't send all five people to bot lane when the Baron's up and you win. Who thought? Who would have knew? Look at us. That's a... <laughs> um, Vitality, Vitality. when when they're not five bottom when the Baron's up, are literally the, the Paul Rudd meme. Look at us. <laughs> Mad Lions minus yeah. 385, Astralis plus 259. Uh, you have something else on this one? No, I was just going to say, yeah, I think Vitality is small value and probably Misfits is unbettable. Yeah. Mad minus three eighty five. I don't want any. I know Astralis suck. I don't want any part of this coin flipping bottom lane. They could just lose any game. I hate it. Yeah, minus three eighty five. Not nearly it's good too, enough for Mad Lions. I might even take what Astralis a- here, and I hate Astralis, man. <laughs> like, 
There's only like two players in the LEC that flip more than Karzi and Lane, and one of them happens to be promiscuous. So that's at least good that's for Matt. Fair. That's fair, but what if he flips heads twice? <laughs> um, G2 minus 455. Uh, Australis kill spreads, by the way. That's where I'm going to be at. G2 minus 455. Wait, this was the match where, like, they they – this happened in the last time these two played. This was the one where, like, the Astralis bottom lane, like, double killed. They spotted El Yoya on a ward and then just pushed the lane up anyway and just got double killed. And, like, was like – and he had already been vertically jungled. This was the Kane. This is that first Kane yeah, game. This is that triple, first Kane game. They triple buffed him. They triple buffed him. No... Knew he was there. That was it. His only out remaining in the entire game was the gank bottom lane. Uh, and sure enough, they just spoon fed it to him. That game was over. That was the, that game was, that was literally the most over. frustrating thing ever. I was on a show. I remember. I, te- I remember. I, so I put in the. I remember I put in the Discord, I was like, what do you mean, Vince? When you see that the jungler comes bot with 12 CS and has no camps, you don't think I should shove up to the enemy turret? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, I get that they were trying up. to get the wave reset, but you have to understand that that's literally, that's it. He's all in. Like, he is, he is red-handed with the spotlights on him, right? All you got to do is wait for the cops to get there. <laughs> That's it. Like, and, you know, and it's a cane that literally he literally has yeah. to gank to play the game later. Like he legit. Uh, There's only one thing he can do. <laughs> this is like gold shit. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm probably gonna be on Astralis, and I'm, I'll hate myself for it. But whatever. Close your eyes. I would have pushed up to the tower. Roberts and Roberts Moriarty. You <laughs> know, I would I would have been up there. G two minus four fifty five. SK plus three hundred. Big number for SK Gaming, but G two are going to smash this. Yeah, no bet. For if me. you don't do, if you don't take an early lead on this team, I don't know how the hell you're beating them. SK are just going to let G two do their thing for the first fifteen minutes, and don't don't do that. <laughs> we talked out, about it last week. Fighting. They've been playing like safe comps and out team fighting people, and that's just not going to happen against G two. Like, so I'm not betting. I talked about this with Rogue last week, right? I can't stay... I don't know. They call In fighting games, they call it a fear aura, where you're just intimidated by a team or whatever. G2 just have a fear aura. Like, you have to take it to this team. You can't let the... Rogue tried to play the scaling game against them. Don't do that. Don't change what you're doing. Just keep doing the thing you were good at. It's like they completely changed their game plan against them. Like, and I say that about Rogue, but like every team does it against G two, and I don't get it. I, I sort of disagree with the premise, but I also think like plus three hundred for a team that just punishes mistakes, not bad. Like SK is not going to lose themselves the game, and like to I, I know John likes this too. Uh, just like betting on on teams that like you said you've said it before, John, that teams that build like more team fighting compositions. Like if G two were to come in like with a karma top, TF mid type thing, they've shown things like that before in draft. Yeah. That wouldn't be we would we wouldn't be unexpected from that at all. So like if if SK just draft the Wombo combo team fight, a, a Jarvan MF and win, you know, somehow get early soul priority or, or whatever it may be and win a team fight win the game. I mean plus three hundred for that kill, type of kill spreads nice situation playing out's not bad. Nine and a half. I don't think I would, that's where I would actually go with this because if if, if this is going to turn into that kind, either G two are going to stomp this game and it's going to be like you know sixteen to four. I think most other game states you're going to have a close game. So this tends to be the kind of matchup for me where like even if SK gets a lead and they have a team fighting comp, 
and they out team fight G2, G2 just like backdoors the Nexus while stopping backs at some point or something like that. Like, like G2 just, not, I just don't feel like they're going to lose to a team that plays G2 this are below 500 against kill spread, so worth considering. They're oh, 6 and 7. Average spread at 8.4, so. Um, maybe SK kill spread is the way to go there, and then a little on the money line. Uh, Fnatic plus 101, Rogue minus 133. Rogue. You know where I'm going to be. This is a tough one. I'm not, I'm just, I think I kind of want a slightly better price on Fnatic. Yeah. I would like to bet Fnatic, but I'd like to for them to have a better price for me to bet on them. So probably passing this one because I don't believe. I do in think Rogue it's pretty much. close. I'm with you. Like, and I'm I'm way more bullish on Rogue than you are. But I think if if Fnatic was a little bit better priced, this is the kind of spot where I'd want to take Fnatic. I I would go Rogue. I think the Fnatic makes enough mistakes for Rogue to punish. Weakest position on Fnatic? Everyone? Thoughts? Uh, Support? Uh, maybe... Oh, mid. I think it's I'm just curious. <laughs> it's, so John it's, says support. It's, it's hilly, but like... There's an asterisk. <laughs> like, that's like think... every, every argument with Hilly saying ever. It's like, he's got bad stats, but... <laughs> I just don't think he's on the same page with Upset completely. Barely just developed like, the upset's chemistry. Just been do- upset's just been killing it no matter what. I guess. <laughs> when they lose, they lose bad, and Upset isn't changing anything. He can't turn the tide. Maybe so. He just can't. I think it's... I mean, I think it's probably... I don't know. To me, this is... I think it's a rogue bet for two reasons. One, I think that R- Larson's better than Niski right now. I think Niski plays more supportive champions in general, like better for his team, which is fine. I respect that play style. And two, but the second reason, and I think this is more crucial to me, is that the jungle meta is moving more towards supportive style junglers, which is always going to favor a non self made player. Self made is just a phenomenal carry jungler. He's a phenomenal resource heavy, resource heavy carry style jungler. But as we start to see, you know, I mean, more tanks, more Graves, gank heavy you're guys. You see Graves and Hecarim a lot on this patch, and those yeah. are good picks for him. So I don't. It's I don't true. Know, I just yeah. can't. I can't even put it in my mind. Like self-made. Like I'm trying to vision it in the game, and I can't even imagine like a little Sejuani running around with yeah. self-made above its name. Like I just can't even imagine. That, like <laughs> oh, self-made on the Sejuani. Yeah, I just can't even see it happening. I just think Rogue are way more consistent than Fnatic are too. I think that's a big part of it. Problem with Rogue is they draft Callista sometimes. That's the yeah, that's what a is big that? problem. What's that's up with that? With Rogue. Well, now Kalis is broken on the new patch, right? Kalis is, really, is really good. Maybe Hansama second favorite after his Draven. Well, you got to remember the LEC is still going to be on eleven four. I think. I think they go to eleven five mm-hmm. next week for end for playoffs, or they're going eleven five for playoffs. Whereas LPL, we didn't talk about this, but the LPL is skipping right to eleven five tomorrow. They're, they skipped. Over, they're skipping over eleven four altogether. Because there were all sorts of bugs and stuff, and they kept disabling, and they're just going to be on eleven five starting tomorrow. So, LPL is Diego ever going to be? I think open in pro play. I think he's going to be enabled, but I don't know if he's going to see play. We'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure the shy will play him. Yeah, probably. Oh, another reason to back rare at him on Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Let's just blow through the. We're running really, really long, so let's just blow through this for the rest of the way. Uh, TSM minus 256, Immortals plus 184. Possibly TSM, likely nothing. Yeah, maybe maybe TSM, probably pass. C9 minus 400. 
Dig plus two sixty eight. I mean, it's Dig John. money line. Money line, John. I, I think Dig money line is actually solid yeah, here. I mean, yeah. I just talked about how I think Cloud Nine's overrated, and Dignitas plays much easier to execute compositions than Cloud Nine does. Two sixty eight is pretty big number. Dude, I you're just playing well right now. I think we've got to just accept that, like maybe they're not going to win the league, but they're pretty good. Anyway. Wait till we see the pick of the weeks. They're they're pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a quick a quick look at them. Hundred thieves minus two thirty eight. FlyQuest plus one seventy four. The... Hundred thieves 100 again. Thieves, yeah, hundred thieves. I I don't, dude. Is FlyQuest bad? I mean, Diamond's yes. bad for sure. <laughs> is FlyQuest bad. bottom three? I will say, I think I was bamboozled last split. Uh, because we always talk about how sometimes when there's a bot lane that's together the wrong person gets the credit in the, in the bot lane. And I think I was giving all the credit to Johnson. And now that Johnson and Aphromoo are not playing together, Johnson has looked way worse and Aphromoo has looked way better. So maybe I should have given Aphromoo the credit that I was giving Johnson last, uh, last split to some degree. Maybe. Uh, this is 100 Thieves, right? Oh, here we go. EG plus 157, Liquid minus 213. So I say I like EG as underdogs, right? Give me liquid minus two thirteen. I don't know how I feel about that. Where, where, is, I, where I, is EG better? I think I'm definitely not betting liquid. Whether or not I want to bet EG is, is up in the air. I don't think I don't think EG's better at any position. I think EG has positions where their ceiling is higher. I think Jazuke's yeah. ceiling is higher than Jensen's. Uh, I think impact impact and Elfari is is closer than I think a lot of people other people would say for me. The problem, the the problem with this matchup specifically, is that last time they played, Team Liquid just knows how Impact plays. They legit just like it was like, hey, I know exactly what he's gonna do at level three. He's gonna be up four minions, like seven units past the midline. Go gank him and kill him. Like I swear, didn't they kill him five times yeah. in the first like ten minutes or something insane? The big thing you have to worry about with EG, in my opinion, is that like Svenskaren is literally on the take. I posted it in the Discord last week. He's had, he, had, he had multiple plays in that game last week where I was like, we need a weigh-in commission to like get in on this because this is more blatant than anything that was in the weigh-in game. And I don't think I don't actually think it's on purpose, but like he's playing so bad it looks like he's on the take. It's it's very bad for them. That scuttlecrab fight made like I I I, I guess Jazuke was moving slowly, like <laughs> extremely John, slowly. John kind of mentioned it last week, but this team just like looks like they're not on, like they're good players. They're just like not on the same page. Like Svetskaren's not good. I'm not forty forty percent of the yeah forty percent of the time, EG's just not on the same page with each other. Yeah, some of the other players have had those kinds of issues. I think Svetskaren's just bad. That play was like he was on twenty five percent health. Enemy jungle was on hundred percent health. He just runs right into them and just gets murdered immediately. It's like. I remember cause I, I, I didn't I watch be... that series live, and I ended up like going back and just like looking over the VOD, and I like had a double take because like it I was watching, be I was watching it muted. I watched it, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I had to rewind. Kinda I was like, like "What?" <laughs> you you could have legitimately made like a Svensk Garen or Wilson clip there, and people would have gotten it wrong. Like every <laughs> on that play, hundred percent, dude. That was like that was really bad. So liquid, John, you're talking yourself into a liquid bet here. Uh, maybe, but I think I'm just gonna abstain. Golden Guardians plus 188 against who? CLG minus 263. Are we laying 263 with Counter Logic Gaming? I think I am, I am. actually. 
Yeah, I think CLG is way Golden better. Guardians are so bad, guys. They're so, what? I don't lay big money with not top-of-the-table teams in North America. I don't do it. This region is too variant. Everyone sucks too bad. Nobody's good enough at winning. But Golden Guardians are fucking terrible. Period. And until they show me otherwise, I'm they're they're borderline auto fade, dude. I'm just I'm just I'm, every game. Just give me some more. I'm gonna get burned. I'm sure I, it's gonna happen at some point. But it's the LCS. Need I remind? It's the LCS. It is the LCS. This is correct. That's right. You heard it here, folks. I'm laying 263 with Counter Logic Gaming. <laughs> what are they? Three wins. Four, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team this bad before. Although, by the way, I had I did a really fun comparison in my piece yesterday talking about CLG versus Rogue Warriors. Or no, Golden Guardians against Rogue Warriors. Because they have very similar economies. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Rogue Warriors have like Golden a... Golden Guardians versus Jyn Air Green Wings. Jyn Green Wings would smash them. Yeah, Jyn Air Green Wings would smash them because Jyn Green Wings were terrible, but they at least had players that weren't terrible. You know who's on that team, yeah, by I mean, the way? Teddy, Teddy was on that team. Uh, not when they. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he was on that team. Shit, that was before. No, he was. He was already on T one, wasn't he? Umti was on that I, team. I, the Umti was on team. that team. Yarong was on that team. <laughs> I don't well, think he played, but oh, yeah. Okay. Um, CLG Sunday. LPL, OMG, plus 271. LNG, minus 400. LNG, do you sweep? Is that minus 109? LNG have I mostly... LNG sweep. They've mostly been taking care of business, but OMG are like... If you, like, let OMG do their thing with the Galio or the TF or whatever, they can beat you. I don't think I can bet this, because LNG, the minus one and a half's not good enough. The money line's too heavy. Yeah. But LNG is a... They're for me like a really solid gatekeeper team. Yeah, they've done a really good job of beating worse teams, and they've not given themselves much of a chance against better teams. So I feel they feel like a team that should beat OMG, but four hundred is a little too heavy. Yeah, here's a here's a question I should have posed at the top of the show. John John mentioned it quickly, but why are we ever betting money lines in the LPL right now rather than just minus one and a halfs? If the edge is there, yeah, the, the one and a halfs have been good. So but, for what, for what it's worth, like. I've kind of talked about this a lot with like Avalanche and a bunch of other people in in the Discord about how like the way you need to approach map spreads is unless you have a na- or not map spreads like map spreads and like map totals in general like if th- this whole two O narrative right yes it's there's like a lot of like signal versus noise situations here right and I know there was a season like two it was like two years ago where the same kind of thing happened where like every single game the LPL went to three games. It was like 85% of the series went to three games or whatever. It didn't actually mean anything. It's just how it shook out, right? Now, if you have, yeah, if you have, like, a line of thinking where it's like, okay, like, these teams are just tilting off, and they, like, if you if you go through and look at it, and it's like a close game one, and then just whoever lost game one just gets smashed in game two, then I could see it maybe. But if it's a matter of, like, you know, favorites consistently closing out against bad teams, like, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier, like, if that if it's that kind of thing to me that it's just like how it's sha- it, it the way it's shaken out like I don't think it has anything to do with anything. The way you need to do map spreads is figure out your number on a map, and then just multiply. And then if you want to if you want to add your own modifiers to that 
then you can do that. That's fine. I personally don't. Like, I don't add, like, a tilt modifier or, like, a, like, you know, a draft. Like, you can add, like, a draft modifier. Like, if you think, if think a team's just going to clown around or try something weird or beat themselves in one of the games, then I guess you could think about that. But to me, that should be included in your original handicap of a series. I don't think you should do – don't look at it as, like, okay, like, all these series have gone to 2-0. Why have they gone to 2-0? If there's a thing that you can point to and there's a reason for it, then, yeah, I think it could be an actionable position. But generally, I'm I'm not about it. Like – Set a number for the for the game, multiply out, add any modifiers you want to do, and then if it if it shows value on the over two and a half maps or the under two and a half maps, then so be it. But I will say I a just, lot of the times, like you're getting a lot of times you're getting most of the time when you get a situation like that where you're gonna get value on the under two and a half, there's also value on just the team that you think's gonna win to sweep. Or the team yeah. that's a better value in the series to sweep. So you just take that instead. That's what I yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I just feel like these like this is a 300-point swing, dang near. A 291-point swing between the minus one and a half yeah. and the money line. And it's just tough for me to ever, like, want to be in favor of the money line in those situations, personally. Yeah. Like, if you if you literally just do the math on it, like, there's, there's very, very... I haven't bet a single map total this entire season. I'll put it that way. And it's not because I don't like them or because I think it's not there. It's just because the value's literally never been there at any point. So, I... There's people that would disagree with me. I can understand if you want if you want to play like the narrative of it. Like I do think there's something to that. You can't ignore that kind of thing. But if unless you can point to a specific reason why, I think it's just like making something out of information that just happens to have have worked out that way. Because I've like I, I've tried I've gone through this down this rabbit hole a bunch of different times. Because I there, like I said like that IG season I think it was 2018 summer or something like that where it was like 85 percent of the series went to three games. It wasn't for any particular reason. It was just, you know, I had bet half of them were IG. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This is a pass, I think. I do think LNG win this. How do we even get on this? I forget. <laughs> oh, we were talking about betting money lines in the LPL. Anyway. Team WE. Oh, we got a banger here. This is a good one. Team WE, Sooning. You know, slight favorite for Team WE. Minus 118, minus 114. You could probably find whatever you want on this one. I have to look up some stats because this feels like a smash for WE. Same here. I just feel like WE is playing way better. Sooning is playing solid. It's just not the same tier as a top-end team. We were talking about this one in the Discord last night, uh, like on a player level, and I just pulled up the player, like player-by-player model, and it was literally just like they were just the same. It was like the average ranking was like within point one. The average rating was within like you know a tenth of a point or something like that. You look at the stats; they're like pretty straight down the middle. Um, this should be a really interesting. I- I'm more partial we. I think are you guys do you guys like we more just in general? Sooning have looked really good recently. This so- is another like just looking up the stats right now. There's just like Sunning's just not better at anything. Yeah, Team WE like, are going to be better. The stats that I look at, WE is pretty much uh, just has pretty sizable advantages yeah. everywhere, and that was what my natural intuition told me as well. So yeah. I think I'm just going to smash WE here. Yeah, I, I I like WE in this spot. Just I think better overall body of work. If you look at like if you look at Sunning's like trending, like their most recent stuff, then it's it's like they actually have a slight edge, but. It's tough to ignore WE's overall body of work for the whole season. Do you guys agree with that? 
kind of yeah, this is weird. Like I think there's probably a case you could make for Sooning. Like just the like pro- my problem with the case for Sooning is it's just so solely based on recency. Yeah. Right. In in my opinion, like the only way you make a case is if you say, hey, you know, over the over each team's past six series, X Y Z. Yeah. Something like that. And I don't really and even know then that it's that's, pretty I mean, close. So it's like we've we've legitimately done studies at the esports department about whether or not rolling rolling four week, rolling six week, rolling eight week periods are more indicative than whole season or even whole year. You even see it when you get into summer. You find that even signal from a team that even if they change their roster, the signal is stronger yeah. the more data you include. Yep. So like it's like people get caught up in these smaller sample sizes and I mean, like John said, I don't I don't see any reason why you'd be on tuning here other than the recency, which is can be strong to convince you in your head, but not hasn't proven over time to be a successful strategy to follow. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I make this another like minus 150 plus 120 range. We're about to hot take it in a second here. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, RNG, JDG. RNG minus 222, JDG plus 162. I don't know why, boys. JDG is going to win. You don't Sometimes know I just get those strong cosmic force gut, gut feeling feelings here. about stuff, and something tells me this is the spot to be on JDG. RNG just finished off EDG recently. They're definitive number one team in the, the league. Spot. Just feels like the just ideal spot for JDG to come in here and pick up a win. They're a team that everybody's kind of down on, including me, compared to like last year. RNG just put themselves at the top of the heap. Yeah, this feels like the perfect JDG wins this series spot. I think I don't know that I'm necessarily going to bet it because I think there's more value in DFSing it because this is going to be a, a high scoring series for sure. So I, I get the feeling that on this night, all of my GPP lineups will include JDG. That's yeah. just the feeling that I have. Yeah, I. This is like. <laughs> it just like it's just a no. It's just a perfect situation. You're right. Like. It all lines up just right. My only concern for JDG is the same one that I've been saying. Like, they've looked better recently, but I still think this team's really predictable, and RNG are very, very smart, like, the way they approach the game. I think they could easily attack some of the shit that JDG's doing. I agree. Like that, But, but you're, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> like, this is a terrible spot for RNG. Couple week, couple days off. They just are coming off of a... You know, an emotional high. They've clinched playoffs already. Now, that said, we talked about the number one and number two seed mattering a lot. That's the – I think that's another case here. Yeah, I don't know. It feel, if You're right. It feels like a trap game. It does feel like a trap game big time. Chris, Josh, thoughts on this one? RNG for me. You do not want RNG. Let's see where I make this. It's like... <laughs> Although I have to say, if you bet RNG, why not one minus one point five? Is that really one plus one plus two? Yeah, I'm taking a sweep either way. I feel like this should be more expensive than it is. So this is like it's killing me because like this is cheap. I think for RNG, but. I also think that they're maybe a tad overrated. And this is a bad spot, so maybe that kind of cooks it down to a right number. I'm probably going to pass this one. This feels feels funky to me. Zoom could do what we hoped the Shy would do, 
and just yeah, take we've, over we've, the we've game. been saying that, that about every top laner against Xiaohu, and he keeps not. There's not very many top laners in the league that are on that level. Really, it's the shy and the, the shy, you know, like, Flandre, Zoom. This well, season, I don't think Cube. Is the level of like, yeah, Cube's are pretty six, good. Nine? Three six nine, your favorite. Breathe. Three six Breathe. nine. Like there are some people that have had the opportunity to punish him, and just they haven't. Like one game. I'm just. I don't know. It's cosmic forces, people. No, Sometimes I'm, cosmic forces come in there, and yeah, they tell me JDG's winning this one. <sighs> this is this is gonna this is gonna really test my metal here. I'm gonna wait. And, I'm probably gonna wait and see and hate myself when this goes to two sixty. I yeah, I you know the problem is now that John says the cosmic forces thing, I just like got a vision of Corey Brewer tweeting like I tried to tell y'all about Zoom like already. <laughs> it's like so frustrating. I can just see the tweet on my feet already. I'm so mad about it. You can't can call him a flipper if that's the case because he's been so much on breathe and he's abandoned his Zoom jersey and all that. That's a good. That's a good yeah. reasoning. See, that's that's why you come to the esports department, man. If you're if you're a fan, that's why you need to be subscribed because you need takes like the cosmic forces and trying to avoid Corey Brewer tweets. I mean, that's why you need to be here, man. Yeah, They're not wild. giving you that stuff over at Osmo and, and FTN. You're not hearing about this stuff over there. This is this this weekend slate in the LPL. There's a couple bangers and just total duds. It's just like last weekend. Very top heavy league. Surprise, surprise. LCK. We've got Sandbox plus 271 against Hanwha minus 400. I took Sandbox here too, dude. Uh, look, I, I think I'm going to pass, but it's a reasonable spot for Sandbox. I, isn't Sandbox getting basically the exact same odds against KT? No. No, no, no. They were 132 over no. there. It's This is just a price thing for me. I think Sandbox makes sense. I'd probably be more <clears throat> more leaning towards Hanwha minus one and a half myself. But I think, I, I think Sandbox... Money line is is a totally fair bet. Yeah, I just I just think that I think the price is a little rich for Hanwha with the way they play. I this team's so frustrating because like I I they're good, they are good. I just don't. It's so hard to tell how good when you have teams that play that way. Like like they they're they're basically playing just like Fnatic is. They're very good at it, but like. When you have these like super bloody teams, it's very very difficult to tell like from a consistency standpoint like what they're doing game to game, and it seems like every time that that I don't think they've won a game from behind this season. I could be wrong about that. I'm gonna pull it up right now, but like I don't know. I, I just don't want to lay points with. Them. I want to take them as an underdog. What do you? What do you? Scowling. At? I'm just. I'm. I'm just looking up. Fate versus Chovy stats, and uh, you can't look yeah. up anybody versus Chovy stats, dude. It's Chovy. I mean, there are people that are close to Chovy. Fate oh, is not man. one of them. Oh, I'm gonna have to get a whole new pair of pants when Caps just takes out Chovy at Worlds. Caps just runs him over. Oh my god, you it's gonna Hanwha's be. Get, this... You think Hanwha's getting to Worlds? Uh, actually, yeah, that's a reasonable that's, argument. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it could happen, but. I think there's a reasonable chance they get there. I mean, T1, Gen G, and Damwon could go to Worlds, yeah. in which case Han was not going. But but Han would is in the conversation. See now I'm, I'm I have to, I have to look this up for myself here. Yeah, you're right. Uh, da, 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 da. Damwon minus fourteen twenty nine, Nongshin plus six hundred and twenty two. Yeah, that's pretty pasty there. Damwon, I'll lay two forty four for Damwon to sweep. I don't give a shit. <laughs> they're they're gonna smoke that team, like. 
Um, we have Sunday LEC. Australia's plus 124. So keep in mind, I always say this on like last week's slates, but you're going to have to remember that there's going to be different motivational stuff here where some teams are out of it and some aren't. Josh is blowing up about something. But Australia's plus 124, Vitality minus 154. If Vitality is live to make playoffs here, I think they're just like a stone lock here because Astralis is not going to be live. Astralis might be having some fun and like maybe they try to play spoiler, but I, th- I think Vitality will be serious game face on if they're live to make playoffs in this match. Either way, honestly, if they're not live to make playoffs, then this is just a fiesta game and they'll probably win that too. So, Any other contributions on this one, Mr. Vitality? Yeah, I mean, you have the uh, the most inting bot lane other than the one that has Torre in it in the LC, LEC against Crown Shop. So. <laughs> inting bot lanes in the LEC, name a better combination. It's literally, it's, it's literally in terms of inting supports, it's Torre greater than Promiscu, greater than Hillisong. What about Cars and then Kaiser? massive no, gap Kaiser's... in every other support. Torre the Woat. <laughs> what happened? But Promiscu versus Torre is riveting. How about Rogue minus two seventy eight against SK plus one ninety eight? Fade. That's probably a pass at that point. It's like probably a kill total under game for me. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. Good call. Good call. Or just straight up time time under and total under. Rogue gonna speed run that shit. Misfits plus one thirty three. Mad minus one seventy nine. Playoff implications probably for Misfits, but not for Mad. But seeding for Mad. Team either. Fnatic minus 270, Shaka plus 192. Shaka potentially is eliminated before this game. It's kind of hard to handicap these before. I actually, I kind of like Shaka in this game. With the, I think I think if, if their playoff spots are not on the line, I actually kind of think Shaka just dumpsters them in a in a crazy Fiesta game here. There's a chance this doesn't matter for Fnatic either. Like, they could just be locked in. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if, the, if there's no playoff implications for anybody... I kind of think Schalke will be a better meme team. I could see I think that. that. I think they're going to win the meme battle, I think, in I this game. I could see that. Excel, plus speaking of meme battles, how far off the deep end are we going? Excel is going to be so depressed. There's no chance they win this game. This is going to be like Fnatic. You're right. Dude, you're right. This is going to be like... Or G2. They're going to be so sad. Like, G2 is going to be up 10,000 gold at 14 minutes in this game, and the game's going to end 12 to 1. I like, I'm like making that my prediction right now. It just gives you the uh, reason to fade G2 for the first time ever. Somebody Probably. on XL might Excel go Excel team AMK. total under. <laughs> we might see just AMK a f- complete game. lackluster performance. <laughs> it won't be Torre. He'll be sprinting it till he's <laughs> just absolutely... So G2 team total over then. That's what... <laughs> FF at fifteen. I I, need, I actually now I'm curious. I got to see the total in this game. Speaking of FF fifteen, did you guys see that Niles got two fines? Did you see that? No, but I believe Niles it. got a fine for leaving before the Nexus exploded one game, <laughs> and then uh, he got another one for leaving. It was a similar like type for, of fine, but I think he said after the Nexus exploded, but like before something else. For what it's for what it's worth, that's muscle memory to a lot of people. Yeah, from solo queue and yeah. whatever, but I just thought that was funny. It is funny, funny though. Uh, eight and a half is a very, very optimistic kill total for Excel, if you ask me, in this game. 
Yeah, G two minus eight and a half feels locky. No, no, no. It's ten and a half. The the team total for oh. Excel is eight and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could probably go under that. Yeah, I, I really think this game's ending like twelve to one. Yeah, I'm with you. Gold. I mean, is there a chance we see like reckless like they've clinched number one seed? Reckless plays like Ken and eighty carry just for the memes. If if reckless played Ken and eighty carry and they had like All a right, maybe game, they win sixteen they to win. four instead of twelve to one. That's yeah, they would win twelve. <laughs> to one if, if reckless played that. All right. TSM. Oh, wrong. Dignitas minus 154 against FlyQuest plus 112. Probably value on Dig. Can't believe I'm laying money with Dignitas, but here we are. Look at us. Tell you they're going to let us down the moment we bet on them. Golden Guardians minus or plus 424 against TSM minus 700. There's a hammer, Golden Guardians. This is is a absolute hammer. This is big. Listen. Listen, are you guys ready? Listen, like, listen. It just, it's just, it's just so pure. It's just so pure. The first game Niles carries all year is just going to be putting <laughs> Booney in a dumpster somehow. Who knows? I don't know how. I can't even fathom physically, like mentally. I don't know how it's going to happen. Dude, this is but it's just going to happen for sure. Spread. I want a 10 on this, man. This is bullshit. I can see this being a spot for that. It's the last game of the regular season. They're going to be eliminated. TSM's probably going to be locked into a spot. I could see Golden Guardians hamming it up here and getting. The problem is they have to actually get Stix A to auto attack enemy champions, and that's it's not easy to do. Just like... You guys watch Golden Guardian games. You know how many team fights I watch Stix A just run back and forth when he's not threatened at all for like three straight minutes, and then the fight's over, and he like shoots one Caitlyn bullet and then runs away. Does TSM <laughs> strike you as the kind of team that's not just going to like try hard this shit though? Nah, they'd be chilling. I hate last days. I usually like last days because there's all sorts of value and stuff. I'm, it's, maybe this kill total over 24 and a half. Team's just clowning around a little. 100 Thieves plus 147. Liquid minus 200. I could see a Man, case I, for the Thieves here, but Liquid look really good. This one's close. I kind of feel like 100 Thieves might actually end up winning this. This seems like a pretty good I, price. I'm probably me. not going to bet it. And it's not going to be a DFS playable game because there's a game in this slate that I'm like 100% locking for sure. I don't know. This might be like yeah, it's T- it's TL for me. I don't think, I think it's, it's liquid, but like I, I don't think it's great game. prices on either team. It might just work, but I think it's yeah. I think I'm just going to pass it. EG minus 196, CLG plus 145, CLG again. Yeah, I'm betting CLG again there. <laughs> Yeah. I think CLG is going to be pretty good in summer. They're not going to be a league contender. Dude, are we like all in lockstep? We're all in lockstep on CLG, aren't we? I I actually. It didn't seem that way before the season. I I was definitely the highest on on CLG, I think, coming into like like this week. Oh, this week. But this this week, I, I, other than, I can, I I think CLG is bettable on Friday. I don't think they're bettable Saturday or Sunday at their prices for me. Okay. That's I don't think they're plus one forty five against EG right now. I I I don't know, man. I I think EG is A tier and CLG is like B minus C plus tier. Okay. So plus one forty five is just not a good enough number. If they're plus one ninety, I'd be in it. on it. I could see it, but I think maybe I'm, my my bias toward those A tier teams is is playing into this a little bit, which is definitely a weakness I've had in in, in the LCS. Like. To me, the S-tier teams are the only teams that I trust at, at all, basically, as favorites, unless it's against Golden Guardians. The two biggest gaps in the game are Ignar and Smoothie and Broxa and Svenskeren. 
where Brock's is way better than Spence Garen to the point where it's one of the biggest gaps in the game. That's for me that those are the two biggest gaps in the game. I actually think Finn's been like pretty darn incredible this season. So even though Impact's been awesome, I think that's pretty close. I just think like Jizuke has a way higher ceiling than Poe Belter, but Poe Belter's like his whole job for his entire LCS career has been to not get stopped by Jizuke's. That's like his that's like his whole job in the LCS. It's not to ever win, it's just not to get destroyed by Jizuke like players. So I don't know. I, I also I think just think the seals you're gonna keep getting better. Like, I don't know, like, they're not going to be, like you said, like, they're not going to win the league or anything like that, but, like, I could definitely see 100 Thieves ending up, like, ending up as the gatekeeper. Like, they're just going to be, like, locked in sixth place. You mean CLG? Yeah, CLG, sorry. Did I say EG? You said 100. Sorry. Yeah. I meant CLG. Anyway. Sure. Immortals, last game of the night. We're, we're fading. Plus 341, CLG, or C9, minus 526. This is the game that you need to lock in DFS because this is the last game of the season. It's not going to matter for the playoffs, and Cloud9 has perks on their team. And if there's one person in the whole world that's going to be like, guys, we have to meme this game. It's the last game of the season. It doesn't matter. It's got to be perks. I feel like this game, you you get 100% exposure to IMT or Cloud9 in GPPs, and Immortals is probably probably bettable. I think this game is going to – Immortals going to need this game if they want to get in. They're they're going to be eliminated probably. They're right. out. But but there, I think this game's going to be nothing on the line. Last game of the season, and it's just going to be a total meme. Insanity, Carthus. Yeah, Let's we might see, see something like that. I think I, I might bet Immortals here just for that reason, not because yeah. I actually think there's value on them. We should reiterate too. Like I, I, the broadcast has been saying playoffs. We've been saying playoffs. It doesn't really matter. It's playing for an MSI spot. Like it doesn't have any impact on on the rest of the season at all. So, although I think maybe for the winner gets like a better seating in the summer play, I don't even think that's the case. I think it literally just doesn't matter. It's just for MSI. So, don't get too caught up in the playoff race necessarily. All right, pick of the week. I'm going crazy long. Big slate though, big big slate. So, uh, last week we went one and four. Uh, John saved us from a potential. in 3 weeks so we went 1 and 14 in 3 weeks still positive for the season? no not anymore what? not anymore Uh, that is sad yeah we're down we're down like a million or so I think I am sorry I'm just Uh, gonna John hit on CLG plus 101 against Immortals I am fucking furious at V5 who just decided they were going to be DRX for two games or two series, and then again this morning because they don't want to be V5 anymore. But, you know, that's cool. Do whatever you want to do. That's I'm not salty. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris had EDG minus 116 against RNG. I was with you on that one, and it did not work out. Josh had Invictus top esports under 2.5 maps at minus 130. That was a sweep. I, or no, that was a that was a two to one win by Top Esports, and Big Kev's parlay did not get there. So I get right? the feeling that's going to be a a classic quote of the podcast I, over the years. And Big Kev's parlay wait. did not get there. okay. Moving on. Oh yeah, because TSM lost for him. Didn't we talk about that? We tried to tell you. We tried. Uh, this week, pick of the week. This week, I I put it on. I I called dibs before you guys even got on the podcast. I got top esports plus one twenty eight against CBG. 
slam dunk. Yeah, I'm going to go with E-Star plus 110 against LGD. I think uh, E-Star has slightly better stats than LGD in every metric, and they're an underdog. So Bink. keep talking through these. I'm going to play uh, the misfit narrative that they have a better chance as an underdog than they did as a favorite, and they can definitely take advantage of Fnatic's sloppiness, uh, especially after Fnatic comes down from a very high weekend. I got a... I mean, realistically, my pick of the week is for uh, everything to happen, all parlayed together. That vita- that makes Vitality make the playoffs in the LEC because it's just Crowny's destiny to carry these dog garbage teams to the playoffs. But the pick of the week in particular is Vitality plus 128 money line against Misfits um, on Saturday. I'm trying to- and uh, don't forget to all hail King Crowny and uh, – for our sign-off, I think John was going to tell us something about something. But I don't remember what it was specifically. Take it away, John. I got to do this that time. Week. Oh, 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 my bad, my bad. I'm just I'm, – I'm rolling it right now. We've got seven, eight. I'm only counting one of these for AMO. All right, so we've got more pick of the weeks this week. Good job, everybody. That's good. So we rolled six, which is going to be Ian J. At ENJ three hundred, uh, misfits plus one thirty against Mad Lions. Uh, I will read some read some of these off because I do like the listener participation. I want to give people some more credit for the people shouting out the ones that are submitting these. So we got at Stray Toaster, uh, awesome name by the way. <laughs> Shalker first tower against XL at minus one sixty one is not a bad look. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, at Jack J. Burke, like CLG plus nine and a half kills against C9, I'm also going to be on that. He also likes a Friday parlay with Fnatic and FlyQuest, interestingly enough. Uh, at Jacob Vican 22 likes Rogue, Vitality, and G2. Comes out to plus 136. That can't be right, can it? On Friday? It's got to be more than that, right? Vitality or Dogs? That's got to be more than that. It's probably like 236. It's got to be way better than that. It's yeah. probably like 236. Okay. Uh, at DFS underscore Chen likes Dignitas plus 230 against Liquid on Friday. At Free Rolls underscore DFS has an anti Dignitas weekend parlay, which is the one that I wanted to point out to everyone. <laughs> so Team Liquid Cloud9 and FlyQuest against Dig for plus 482. If you have a book that allows you to do that, then go for it. And then we had Ian J's. We also had um, submission from the organizer for. Seal, uh, Adam uh, Adam Morrison, a good friend of mine, uh, at the uh, at Morrison's view on Twitter, he submitted a whole bunch of things. Unfortunately, we didn't roll any of these. I put a couple of these in separate. He likes CLG over Cloud Nine, CLG over EG, so he's on the CLG train as well. He also likes Fnatic over Rogue, and then Map bets on Fredit Brion over Damwon. So yeah, interesting. Definitely good positions. Awesome. Lots of picks of the week, pick of the week submissions. For those that don't know, uh, I write them all down. I list them, put a number, and then I just random number generate to figure out who gets it for the week. So the more, um, keep these coming, keep them flowing. Hopefully like the idea behind this is to get the, the listenership hive mind that over time we catch, we snipe off the good ones and everything and, and, you know, can make it work that way. It's Twitch plays Pokemon, but for esports picks, <laughs> something like that. Uh... Right? And so, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. It's it's about time that we finally let you guys know that next week we're going to talk about the story. 
and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great story. Uh, it's got a lot of intriguing stuff. Very exciting. Did you prepare uh, gonna, the, what, the the sound files and the the, the sound effects? And everything, everything for it. Everything's hundred percent ready to go. Uh, we're gonna do it next week for sure. It'll be uh, take a while. It's gonna be a little longer than a normal show probably. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Very exciting stuff. Big story coming in next week. Uh, and I, I just want to add in, if you haven't heard the story yet, which I don't think many of you have, I swear to God, you'll like your it's, life will change it's forever. Hysterical. It's It's really unbelievable. Funny, I promise. It actually is next level storytelling. Uh, if you ever need someone to keep an audience captive, it's John. And man, his experience is here. Like, listen, like we've heard the stories about him living in Australia, moving back to All America. It's just nothing. Yeah, it's just absolutely like the time he fought a kangaroo 1v1 in the middle of the <laughs> desert. Literally nothing compared to this story. So make sure you tune in next week. We got a late meme <laughs> submission from Big Kev. Uh, Kev submitting an actual pick of the week. Orange, you minus one and a half. He just wants everyone to know that he's not memeing this week. And then he immediately said, mention me on the show, please. Here's a meme parlay. Vitality money line <laughs> and mad money line against Misfits. You can't help yourself, bro. I love it. All right, guys. We ran crazy long this week, but this was a massive slate. We had the extra days, the extra matches, had a lot to get through. And we had a really great listener question up top that I think was really, really good. We had a couple of them that were really, really good to talk about. So we'll see you guys next week. Good luck this weekend. And obviously join us at the esports department. The Discord's always humming this time of year. So feel free to hop in and, and chat. And it's always active. So. That's going to be it for us. We'll see you guys next time. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh,